episode 152 of You Watch, I Listen. Hi, Manfro. Hey. How are you, man? Good. Been a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Josh, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, I can't say I'm like happy to be home because yeah. the fucking trip was awesome. Well, I mean, anytime you go someplace tropical, you know. Yeah, dude. I, you know, my expectations for that place were really fucking high, and it's still like, it, I will go back there within the next two years. Nice. I was completely floored by the fucking place, and it's obviously fucking expensive. Like every dinner was like 170 bucks. Yeah, like yeah. You, you expect that kind of shit when you go. And I'm glad I didn't rent a car because they drive on the opposite side down there. <laughs> and I watched some people that clearly were from America driving and uh, we're getting like a shuttle or a taxi and you see them going, no, other side. <laughs> and we asked the guy, what's like the most dangerous thing down here? And he said, Americans. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like they're violent. He's like, no, they're driving. And um, it, the place was like unbelievable. You're talking like it's 90 degrees every day, but no humidity. The water, you don't even have to think about swimming. You just float because of the buoyancy of the salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the food was fucking stupid good. Yeah. Stupid good. Where are you looking at for a honeymoon? Have you even discussed that? No idea. <laughs> are you sick of talking about the wedding by now? Yep. Uh, who are you most sick of talking about it with? Uh, fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all she's talking about? No, no. We... <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, it, that first like initial, as you know too, that first like few weeks, venue, DJ, all that kind of shit. Yeah, that takes up the bulk of what you're talking about. Um, and then it calms down. You're still gonna get questions and everything. You should just like, I think you should just go to like, uh, like jigs for your honeymoon. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wanted to do like the wedding at Applebee's. <laughs> like during half price apps though, yeah. so it's all cheaper. We should just do everything like bargain basement. Like instead of going to Vegas for a bachelor party, let's just go to Daily Planet. Yeah, <laughs> that, you Daily might prefer Planet. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh man, so uh, anything exciting in the last few weeks for you? Anything? Uh, I went to the doctor about my shitting all the time. Okay. Well, the doctor say he i was like after ever since i got the vaccine i've had like a weak stomach and shit everywhere and yeah, he, like he's just like oh well it's been a really hot summer <laughs> and hot boy summer and he's like, you work outside don't you i'm like yeah he's like you're probably massively dehydrated and then he's like and i t- telling him that like when i'm feel like i have to shit i'll drink some pepto-bismol he's like that's probably the worst thing you <laughs> yeah can dude do. he's like your intestines are full of fucking pepto shit that's blocking you up and so you're getting more diarrhea from not having good poop because all the good poops in your intestines and some shit like that. And I was like, okay. So then he suggested drinking um, Metamucil. Yeah, Metamucil is supposed to help with that because it's supposed to bind it properly. Yeah. We had a gym teacher in high school that was Miss Musil that I called Metamucil and got a two-day in school suspension for it. Nice. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's because you're insensitive to her feelings. <laughs> what, that she is shit? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I started doing that and, like, I haven't felt, like, 100% better. It's But it's getting there? It's getting there. I mean, I'm feeling a little bit better. It's gotta it's, be a little... It's I'm, a lot of it's in my head. I'm telling... That's what I said to you for a while, that a lot of it is psychosomatic because you probably gave yourself IBS just based on stress, like, Adriana, um, like you're a witness protection. My smelly Valentine. <laughs> um, so your poop's getting better. I think so. Josh, anything exciting for you the last few weeks? Not really. You know, just normal shit. Uh, spent thirty dollars on Jungle Cruise. Spent thirty dollars on Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, I heard been, it's really good. Been watching The Sopranos. I'm up on season six, which is season five and season six are my favorite because of Phil Leotardo. Yeah, when Phil comes in, like there, there's such a good run of like villains, like Richie Aprile, mm. Ralph Cifaretto. Uh, Johnny Sack like teeters between yeah. that, which makes him such an interesting character. But then you get the Phil, who is just so goddamn vile, mm-hmm. and the shit he says. I'll tell you, Vito's bottom line was impacted yeah. when they when they uh, the last episode I watched was uh, uh, Jenny Sack's wedding. Oh my, or and, his daughter's uh, wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Duh. 
And uh, at the end, after he starts crying, Phil's like, I'll tell you what. The measure I had for John Sacramone as a man just plummeted. <laughs> what kind of a grown man cries? And a guy walks by and he goes, man, crazy stuff, right? He goes... Is an emotional man. He loves his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, one of my favorite parts, and this is such a subtle one, and you're not up to there yet, but it's after Vito gets killed. Yeah. And he's at um, Marie's house gre- uh, helping her. She's crying. And first he says the line, he's like, he was a great man. I loved him like a brother-in-law, which is one of the most low-key, insensitive things you could say. But while he's talking to her, there's some guy in the living room, and he's watching, like, Mr. Olympia, like, bodybuilding on the TV. And Phil's, like, talking, and he looks, he goes... Turn that off. Like the whole. Well, even like the, one of the cool things, and I I'm, maybe you've noticed this. I don't know if you have, but when they kill Vito, right? It's in the hotel room. He goes back to it, and then he gets whacked over the head. But it's such like a subtle thing that shows the brilliance of the writing and the direction. But Phil walks out of the closet, like yeah. he's hiding in the closet, and opens the doors and comes out. So yeah. it's like this really cool, like little thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always good to watch through that. I've actually been. Um, so I got Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, because I was like, I really want to watch Beavis and Butthead. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> um, so I wanted to watch Beavis and Butthead because they have the Mike Judge collection, and um, which gets rid of the music videos and it's just the sketches, but it's so goddamn funny. But then someone tells me, like, dude, they have like all the old Nickelodeon cartoons on there. So I'm like, what? I go and look. I'm watching Red and Stimpy last nice. night. They got uh, they, Real Monsters. They have that on there. They have Rocco. They have Doug. They have literally like all the old Nickelodeon shows. And Red and Stimpy was not a children's show, no. not remotely. No. It, the first, I watched it when I was, was little. Dude, my me dad, too. My dad loved it. Dude, the first episode, the first skit is it's log, it's big, it's happy, it's wood. Like yeah, it's yeah. about a fucking boner. Did you see uh, that they're coming out with a Nickelodeon themed Smash Brothers? I did see that. That's and Powdered pretty... Toast Man is on the roster. Hell yeah. I yeah. loved Powdered Toast Man. And I, rewatching it now, there's so many things that I'm like, holy shit. Like, how did, how was I allowed to watch it? This was on Nickelodeon, like, when you got home from school. Like, every, and I think we all kind of did that when you were young. You go home, Nickelodeon, Stick Stickly was on. Yeah, I was so young, though, I didn't get many of the references. No, that's the thing. You, yeah. Most of them, like, I remember thinking it was a big deal when uh, one of the episodes of Ren and Stimpy, like, someone adopted them, and the motherfucker had the pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. He takes out the whole pack, puts it in his mouth, and lights them all at once. <laughs> but, um, yeah, way over your head. Stick Stickly was my boy. Um, Manfro, I don't, you didn't get to see this, but um, Josh sent something to us in our Instagram chat last night. He was watching uh, season two of Dave, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I can't escape it. And Dave's in the car, and he starts going, one you yeah, like, like a dream, yeah, dude. Yeah, I was, I, I was I like, that. we're ahead of the game. We yeah. brought that back a few weeks ago. <laughs> Gave me a good laugh, but um, I, know, I was like, Sam was like, no, why that song? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I gotta get on season I two. See, I didn't see the one. Well, yesterday. to uh, the season finale just dropped on Hulu. So you oh, so the whole it. thing is yeah. okay. So I can watch the whole thing. Good. Um, the first episode is fucking so horribly offensive. Good. I love that uh, they put it on TV. Good. I'm glad they did that because it, you can be offensive without being like outwardly like just trying to offend yeah. and that's like the thing that gets lost in so much comedy now is the nuance of it and that's what I thought Dave did so well in season one because it was offensive at times yeah. but it walks that line that like it's always sunny does so well like there's only a few shows that can get away with the shit they do anymore it's always sunny there was one episode of the Dave that like I was totally just like that episode fucking sucked which one it was one where they like, do a, they do like a flashback and uh oh when he's like a little little Jewish kid uh, uh, Season one? No, no, season two. When oh, I didn't see any oh, season yeah, two yeah, yet. Okay. No. So the first episode, I'll just give you a little high, uh, little overview of it. They, they make fun of K-pop throughout the episode. Oh, good. And they're good. in Korea. The, the name of the episode is Waking Up in Korea. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I got to tell you guys about it. My first day, like full day back home is that I had a, a happy accident in my pants, which was wonderful. <laughs> that was... We got dude, the pictures. Yeah, dude. I was literally, I was sitting in the den and playing video games and I started getting the bubble guts where I was like, ah, do I have to poop or is it just a big time fart? And then I farted and it was, it was exceptionally warm, which isn't out of the norm for me when I got bubble guts. And then I did like a little squirm and I was like, oh no. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if it was in the shorts or, or the or just the butthole. And I go in the bathroom and I pull down my pants and I sit down and I just look and it is literally like, that's a solid line of duty. And it was just a puddle. It was literally a puddle. Oh, and tough. poor landlord, she didn't know about this. I actually didn't, I waited like a few days to tell her about it because I was like, I got to do something about this. So I took off my pants, my, my, my shorts, my underwear. I got in the shower and I threw the shorts in the underwear on the floor in the closet and I just forgot about him. <laughs> so when I, can we go to get him, it is like crusted. Yeah. So I'm a disgusting filth monster. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the reasons why I went to the fucking doctor. Because you were like, this isn't right anymore because it, like you can't have your a, ass licked anymore. Well, I was at a job and it was like, a, <laughs> we had to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to yeah. go to Freehold, New Jersey. Okay. So I'm like, all right, you know, like. Everything's going good. I was like, I just got to keep moving because like it's in my head like now because we're yeah. far away and there's like no toilet. Anywhere. Yeah, you're not being helped thinking about it the whole time. So like we're going, we're going. He's like, hold up the the, the shed with a piece of wood, and I'm like, yeah, okay. But I was like, I got to keep moving. Like, you got to get going. He's like, it's like uh, just keep slow. swimming like a Nemo. Like, you have to go. He's like, I got wipes in the in the truck. He's like, I'll be right back. And he's like, before we knock the shed down, go behind the shed and take a fucking dump. And I'm like. <clears throat> I, I yeah I have to I have no choice at this point so I went like into like the wooded area and like I went up against the fence and I just fucking let it let it ride and so and was it pure diarrhea like no, water no, it, was, it was it was like regular shit but it was just like how do I how do I like at nighttime I'll try to shit to get it all out of me and it doesn't happen and then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like man I got a shit and then like sometimes I don't get any shit out and yeah then yeah he's like he picks me up in the truck and then I'm the whole time in the truck I'm like. I got a shit. I got a shit. I got a Cause shit. Because it's well, first off, when you're sitting, your 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 butthole, your sphincter is looser. That's why the squatty potty is such a thing. That's yeah. why you don't poop standing up. You poop sitting down. It comes yeah. out easier. But it's definitely in your head. It, it's one of those things. And I <laughs> just going back to Sopranos, the kids that shot Christopher when the one when they're doing the little uh, heist jobs and the guy is just shitting in the corner because he's nervous. Yeah. And he go Christopher goes one time at a, a raid, pussy bump and Sarah took a shit so big, co- big cops thought a bear broke it. Um, But yeah, all right. Why don't we get into reviews um, from last week? Um, Can I go first? Yes. Okay. So you had me revisit an album that uh, I knew, I listened to, um, that you love, that my feelings were more like indifferent on, Mm -hmm. um, and that was Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreaks. Um, So I hadn't listened to it the whole way through in a long, long time. Um, And honestly, I came out about the same. Like, here's the thing. From a production level of the album, it is a fucking five out of five. It sounds great, just like any Kanye album does. Even his fucking Christian rap albums sound better than 95% of the other rap that comes out now. But the the use of auto-tune will, will almost always take me out of songs when it's constant. And it was every single song, for the most part. Yeah. And it plays well. Like Some of the beats and the, 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 the hooks on them are great. And, like, Heartless is a great song. It's a single, and it's a fucking great fucking track. But the auto-tune, it, listen, if you can't sing, don't. 
You don't need a machine to do it. And I, I feel like the content itself is good. And if it was an actual singer there, it would be good. The auto-tune, I know it makes you sound good, but to my ear, it doesn't click the same way. But there is so much to the album where you can hear it and the influence that it had on everything that came after. Without 808s, and much I don't like him because he's a pedo on top of it, there's no Drake. Right. Drake does not exist without 808s and Heartbreak. And say what you will about him, he's one of the biggest recording artists of the last 15 years. Um, but outside of the production, it's an easy album to listen to from that. There's no like... Um, like um, what's it? Uh, I'm trying to say visual, but hearing like displeasure when I'm listening to it. Like some rap I listen to, it literally can give me a fucking headache. 808s doesn't do that because it sounds great. And the beats are always good. Opening track is great. I wouldn't say anything is less than a fucking three. That's kind of where I've always been with that album. It's right. a three for me. It, it just It's not one that stands out when I think about the run that he had with College Dropout, Graduation. And then for me, his top is it, between College Dropout and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, but it's it's probably right below or about the same for me as Jesus and um, uh, Life, Life of Pablo. Through the Wire is a great fucking yeah. song. That whole album. That, College Dropout doesn't have a bad track. Yeah, Dropout. that doesn't have a bad track. That was the first single off College Dropout because yeah. um, it was all about when he had the accident. Accident and his jaw was. They say I got blood clots, but I ain't Jamaican, man. <laughs> I like the. Um, they say I look like Tom Cruise from Vanilla Sky. <laughs> like, um, but that's the Jesus thing. Jesus Walks was like our. That was a banger. It still is. Is it Jesus Walks? Yeah. Through yeah. the uh, through the wire, the, all, all falls what's the, down. What's the video where they're like in old, like they're in Italy or something like that, and it's like old timey black and white. I think that might be Jesus Walks. No, that wasn't because that's like him walking and there's like a choir in Jesus Walks. It's like he's wearing like a white suit in Jesus Walks and he's like walking towards the black, camera. Is it black and white though? I don't think it's black and white, Jesus uh, Walks video. I don't think so. Um, but uh, there was a second, the second one after Through the Wire came out, there was a song. And I, I, well, All Falls Down was a really big one, that too. That, a, that's a fucking great St song. Stacey Dash in yeah. the video. Yeah, they, it sure did. Um, but <laughs> I stand about the same as I did with 808. Maybe I like it a little bit more. Like, I actually added songs from it to my playlist. Yeah. But it's about the same for me. It's just I don't like that, r that emo rap. And, like, you like Drake. You like his music. Does nothing for me. No. There isn't a Drake song I listen to. And now well, we, well, when Kanye's, like, 808s and heart breaks or whatever the fuck it was came out, like, there was still real rappers out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was still, like, good content out there. And, like, Kanye West, like, he's a visionary and he changed the game and all this he's shit. He's maybe the best producer in the history of rap. Well, like, I, I'm comfortable saying about, that. like, what came out around that time was, like, uh, Lil Wayne's album, The Carter. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, like, there's some really good... And, and he's got a track with Wayne on the album, I, so... I don't, I don't like I don't like Lil Wayne that much, but that's that... You gotta give that, that album some credit. It hits stuff. harder. But, like... Kanye West wasn't like I want to hear about someone going up and killing someone's girlfriend, like shoot him in the face. I, like, I that's tend the kind to, of shit that I like. The grittier, like yeah. you want grittier, and that's like when I think about like beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's a pretty gritty album, like and it, it definitely has those elements in it. And he's always incorporated since then some of the sound of 808s. And again, it 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 like listening to it, it sounds unbelievable. Yep. Like, but the auto tune, I fucking hate auto tune. Like if it's like used a little bit, I can do it. But when it is the predominant sound on the album, it just it the, the, it could be the best lyrics ever. You could put Bob Dylan lyrics on there, and if it's auto tune, I'm gonna fucking hate it. Not hate it, but not enjoy it. So I'm gonna stick with where I was initially. Um I, I'll give it a three point two. I'll give it a little bump out of five for Kanye West eight oh eights and heartbreaks. Okay, cool. Uh, I did not watch Bad Lieutenant. Sorry, <laughs> I'll try to watch <laughs> it this three time. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, I got a music album for you guys. A music, a music album. album? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, a Clockwork Orange. Yes. Uh, as I've you know said earlier on when I gave you the list initially, 
Uh, this is one of those. I love the book so much that I never watched. You the avoided movie. the movie, yeah, uh, because very similar to Stephen King, Anthony Burgess hates the theatrical adaptation. Version. Sure, um, because there are some things that are changed. There is uh, a part of the book that was omitted completely from the of movie. Of course, yeah, yeah, and that's why the author hates it. Yeah, I never really read much into why the author hated it. Um, okay, but I just you know I'm like, hey, you know what? I love this guy's book. I'm going to stand gonna by his book. side. Yeah. Uh, now, upon watching it, uh, I the, the movie's better than the book. There you go. There you go. It's fucking awesome, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it changes some things. Uh, the one thing it changed that I thought was a good change is there's a part of the book that's very, 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 very violent and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Not to say is, that there isn't a violent and disgusting right. scene in this one. Uh, and it's the scene in the movie where Alex meets the two girls at the record store. Yes. And he takes them home and has a threesome. Yeah. Way. And they, in the movie, uh, they fast forward through it. In like, the movie, they fast forward through it. It's also implied that it's completely consensual. Correct. In the book, Alex is 15. It's never really, you know, it's kind of glossed over how old he is in the movie. Uh, but the two girls are 10 years old, and Ooh. he did them. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, nice. I, well, I knew that the book was, because like, the movie was very controversial, yeah. but I knew the book was like considered like kind of like the same thing as American Psycho. It mm-hmm. was a controversial movie, but the book is on another level of controversial. Yeah. Um, like in the uh, the opening scene with the uh, with the writer and his wife, yeah, yeah, a lot more graphic in the book. Yeah, and that's um, and that's a very graphic. Like to me, one of my favorite movie scenes, and it sounds horrible saying it, but the 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 visual of I'm singing in the rain as he's kicking the shit out of him, and then it's a rape. Uh, that to me is like one of the most disturbing but brilliant scenes. Yeah, and it just it sticks with you. Yeah. You know, when you, when you look at all those scenes like that, the violence, the, the, the sexual assault, it's a very difficult movie to watch, especially now. Yeah. Um, you know, with all the subject matter. Uh, but one thing you can say about Kubrick is he knows how to pace a scene with music. And put you in, like, the mindset of, like, the, the what the characters are experiencing, yeah. for sure. You know, like, the, the, the opening score gives you a little bit of a throwback to... Actually, not you can't really call it a throwback because... Uh, um, it was before 2001? Uh, the Shining came after. Yeah, The Shining, yeah, yeah. Uh, but me as having seen The Shining and never seen this, the the opening score was like, you know, I, I feel like... You get, like, you can tell, like, you were like, I feel like I'm watching a Kubrick movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Some, like I'm uneasy right now. I feel like I'm about to see something that's going to disturb me in a yeah. way. Yeah, rattle the senses. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that was very different was how it ends. Yeah. Uh, in the book, there's an extra chapter where... After the scene in the hospital with the uh, with the prime minister, or whoever that guy was, yeah, correct. Um, where Alex is cured of the cure, yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> he goes back to his violent ways, and he's starting to live his life and realize the error of it, yeah. And he just kind of turns his life around naturally by realizing as he's get, getting older uh, how bad it is what he's doing, correct. Uh, but the movie ends where he realizes that the brainwashing has worn off and now he can go back. I'm cured, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's and the, is, is he dead at the end? No, 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 he's not dead. He's back to what he was in the beginning of the movie. Because it's just like all the, all the ending was was like him snow, in the snow fighting. No, no, that was him celebrating like he's, oh, I'm, I can be who I want to be again or who I am. Yeah, yeah, because it shows him and then like it kind of just like... I fades. mean, I guess there could be a level of ambiguity to it because that's kind of what Kubrick always did where what the actual interpretation is. So I, I could actually... Having like a out-of-body experience I, I don't, he's dead because he's like, yeah, for the picture, and then he's just kind of like... I don't think you could even say that's necessarily completely false because of the way it sets up in the la- the third act of the movie. Right. Um, so what else are you going to say? Um, 
No, I mean, outside of the uh, the thematic elements of it, obviously, you got the stuff that you always see in Kubrick movies, sure. you know, the cinematography. Oh, uh, nothing's you know, out of place. Like, when, when he goes back to the writer's house towards the beginning of the third Food act there. all right! And, uh, <laughs> but the approach to the house, you know, he gets he gets uh, stopped by the cops who were one of his running buddies yep. and the other guy that they fought in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they beat the shit out of him. They almost drown him, and they leave him. They leave him there. Yeah. And he starts wandering, looking for a place to go to look for help. And he wanders upon the writer's house. But it's such a stark contrast because now it's raining. He walks up to the sign that says home. He says something feels familiar about this. Yep. And then you know he gets kidnapped by the writer uh, and he, made to attempt the suicide he, attempt. He asks the guy, "How? Where's his wife? She's dead." <laughs> <laughs> There's a few different lines in that. Um, you know the scene that actually. It, it fucks me up the most, and this is like as much as I love horror. Anytime they fuck with people's eyes, mm-hmm. when his eyes are made to held open, it makes me so uncomfortable. But Watching I love the guy drop drip the eye drops. Oh, oh. oh dude, I one of my favorite lines. In the, oh, yeah. dude, he's a ama- who is it? Um, that played him. Uh, uh, Malcolm Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. Um, the the scene. <laughs> it's a line that I love is when they're making him. What do you see in this picture? He goes, Oh, gonna give you the old in out in out love. <laughs> he says. <laughs> uh, so what do you think of it, man? Fro? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I didn't. I don't know anything about. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, you've seen like The Shining. That, but yeah, yeah, no, but I I go in with like not knowing. Not no, it. completely dry. Yeah, yeah. Raw so dogging it. It was cool. I like yep. I like the rape and shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> clip that. <laughs> no, save that clip. You know, um, <laughs> Play it at his vows. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. It was like uh, artsy. It reminded me a lot of like uh, uh, Bronson. Yes, a very actually. When I gave um, Ralph uh, Ralph Bronson on the show initially, I was like, the closest movie I can compare it to is Clockwork Orange. Yeah, because like, it's, but it's like it's just that time frame. Yeah, yeah, for and they sure. Capture that time frame and Bronson really well. Oh, dude, I love so, that. Fu- have you ever seen Bronson? That yeah. might be down the road. I love that fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, well, you see Tom Hardy's dick in it like a lot, time. a lot, a lot yeah. of Tom Hardy dick. Yeah, and this was before he blew up too. Yeah. This was like one of his first like breakthrough roles where people like this dude's a player. Like but a he, lot of the uh, the humor in Bronson is like dry and like it, it, it waits a little bit for. The punchline, yeah, and for then sure. it hits you, and then you're like, it is just usually like two or three words, and then well, and there's parts of I said a Clockwork Orange that like, um, the just like how the author hates it, American Psycho. There's this huge like divide between book and movie, and fans of American Psycho and fans of Clockwork Orange because the questions of the mental side of the whole thing. So there's always been these parallels and like this weird like cult tug of war between the fans. But what would you give uh, Clockwork Orange? Your uh, rating? I'm gonna give it a nine point two out of ten. Perfect. All right, so uh, my pick for you this week. Um, I wanted to give Taylor this one, but I, it turned out he had seen it. So for me, the greatest like director from any technical standpoint of all time is Stanley Kubrick. I think I don't think it can be denied. He's been people have been trying to duplicate him since, and no one's come close. But for me, my favorite director, and I think he's without doubt no worse than two or three all time, is Martin Scorsese. Guy Ritchie. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese, I mean, we know the list of the big ones. We know Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, so on and so forth. But um, I gave you one a while back that was an under-the-radar one called After Hours that you ended up liking, yep. a little black comedy. So uh, you guys both like Joker, right? Okay, yeah. so Joker was very much like Taxi Driver, right, where it's anti-hero, where he's, like, downtrodden, and is he in the right, is he in the wrong? Um, but Joker was also a composite of another famous, I wouldn't want to say famous, uh, misunderstood Scorsese movie that's now recognized as one of his best, um, starring Robert De Niro, which made his role in Joker so ironic. This movie's called The King of Comedy. So The King of Comedy, the, pre- um, the premise of the movie is Robert De Niro plays a man uh, named Rupert Pupkin. 
And he is obsessed with a late night television host that is supposed to be in the vein of Johnny Carson, but it's actually another guy. I um, can't believe I'm forgetting his fucking name right now. Um, he was another. Uh, while, I, while I go on and ramble about this, um, he is obsessed with becoming a star himself. He he wants to be, be on this. Uh, yeah, it was Bing Crosby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, Bing. Have yourself. Um, so it is. Um, uh, Sandra Bar- Jerry Lewis. Jerry okay. Lewis plays a guy named Jerry. The Jerry Langford Show. He has a late night show, and Rupert Pupkin is this guy that waits outside, tries to get autographs, tries to meet the people, and he's obsessed with becoming uh, the new king of comedy. Um, but he. He is a mental case. Okay. And it's from his perspective where you see these things like in Joker where he had the fantasies about dating that girl where you thought he was actually with her and then the movie shows you he wasn't. Yeah. It was all in his head. If you when you see King of Comedy, you're gonna be like, Holy shit, like Joker got so much from this. Yeah. And does it's not diminishing Joker at all. Um for me, this is Scorsese's third, third best movie behind okay. Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. It, when it came out, it would, people thought it was going to be this laugh-out-loud comedy, and there are some funny, funny fucking parts in it, but it's uncomfortable comedy. because Just like Joker, like how you felt uncomfortable with how he's being treated, the laugh made you uncomfortable when all these people are around him. Rupert Pupkin lives with his mom, and it's very much one of these ones you have to blur the lines between what's real and what's not. Jerry Lewis is great in it. Um, and that's why, like I said, the role that De Niro played was flipped in this one. Yeah. Um, but it, there was, there's still some people that went the ending. They're like, they don't know what to think of it kind of thing. But this is, like I said, my third favorite one. Um, I, I went back to revisit it like right around the time Joker was being made because I heard about the King of Comedy influence and Scorsese was producing it. So I went back and that's the first time I'd revisited in years. And that's when I was like, how did I not like recognize this for how brilliant it is? So my pick for you this week is Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy. Okay, cool. Um, you can watch too if you want. If you like Joker, I think you'd... And you've seen Taxi Driver, I'm sure. I need to give you guys my pick. I'm, I'm excited to get your pick. Uh, Do you want him to go first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go first. So for... Oh, yeah, no, you go first. Okay, okay all right, okay. I'll go first. Uh, okay, so a, a couple of uh, months back, Taylor gave you, and by extension me, uh, an album that he called the quintessential emo album of all time. Yes, Citizens I remember Youth. this. Yes. Um, I like that album a lot, mm-hmm. but I wanted to uh, get mad at Taylor for calling it the quintessential emo album okay. of all time. And <laughs> sure, then I sure. thought about it, and I was like, you know, music is really one of those things that's subjective. Of course. It can be his quintessential emo, emo yeah, album yeah, of all time. Yeah, but um, Manfro's uh, Physical Graffiti is a 303 album. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give you my quintessential emo, emo I like album it. of all time. Okay. Uh, many people will not call this emo. You know, They love to fucking get deep in the genres and technically post-hardcore. Sure, but sure. It's fucking emo. You'll listen to okay. it and you'll understand it's emo. I'm going to give you Seosin's, um self-titled album. Okay. I Everything I've heard hey. from Seosin, I don't go deep with Seosin, <laughs> yeah. but everything I've heard I've really liked. Yeah. Like I, I, the song I remember it was always on like every single iPod I ever owned was Voices. Like I, I, uh, I, Voices is on yeah, this album. Great yeah. fucking song. Uh, and and for, this is one of those albums that flows so well. And they're emo, the by the way. They're emo, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're an emo band. <laughs> uh, it flows so well from beginning to end. There's not a song on this album that I don't like. Um, you know, there, there are songs that I have on every single playlist that I have on my phone okay. from this album. Okay. Um, I, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, like I'm excited because, like I said, I've liked everything I've heard, and it's one of those bands that like I probably should have dove into deeper sooner. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to listen to it. Cool. Cool. All right, Manfred, what is your album you're going to give us? So I, Joey Jordanson died. Yeah, sure did. And then like I was backtracking to Murder Dolls and some other stuff. Hell yeah. I was saying, like, what's... like Twist my sister. I was like, <laughs> thinking of like what albums got me into like 
like hardcore back then. Like, well, like I don't even like, know like metal hardcore. Metal, metal. I would call murder dolls. They're like horror metal, is what I think yeah. you would call them. Yeah. yeah. So like I was thinking like. I was, there was a picture of me with with Bobby from like fifth grade, and I have a Static X shirt on. You should recreate the picture. And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I need some ashes." <laughs> um, so like, I was like, "What? What?" I there was two albums. Like, there was three albums actually that like got me into that. Like, made it your own kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It wasn't someone that someone else gave you? Like, so you came it across was it. Static X, um, Slipknot, and Soulfly. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I want you guys both to listen to Back to the Primitive. By, by Soulfly? By Soulfly. Fuck yeah. All right. And that album is so, kind of... I, I thought it was, like, kind of ahead of its time in a sense that, like, you know, it has, like, Tony Campos in it. That yeah, yeah. With Static X. But Static X, I think, might have came a little after that. Yeah, I believe they did, yeah. And, like, Slipknot it was blowing up at the same time as Soulfly. And if you listen... To, to like a lot of the same kind of shit. Like he has a didgeridoo, and I didn't even know the guy was like Brazilian until like recently. Yeah, I think he's Brazilian. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, I was just like listening to this album from start to finish, and I was like, holy shit, it's fucking awesome. I just moved the mic closer to you. Why did you pretend it was a wiener? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah dude, um, that guy, Max Cavalera, he's yeah. fucking awesome. Oh yeah. He's in a lot of different bands. Like so his his two side projects are a lot smaller than Soulfly was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he did some work with Dave Grohl on uh, Probot when he did that project, and he's fucking incredible. He just uh, kicked the bass player out of his band. That's why it happened. That's uh, why I was like Soulfly. Yeah. I haven't listened to like a Soulfly song in years. Yeah, neither have I. Like they yeah, were on some well, playlist, and then it's just one of those bands that like I liked a few songs, and you forget like they fall through the cracks of like, your memory. But I'm trying to think of like songs like if I had to go to war, what I would listen to. Oh, the fighter, and, the fighter fuck songs. I, yeah. I, I yeah. would, I would be like back to the primitive, and it's like so great because there was a lot of political shit going on back then, mm-hmm. but it, it is perfect for, like, today's, like, climate. Well, that's where, like, the, the best albums, they hold up in, like, their, their context. Like, when you think about, you know, no matter what you think of it, when all the George Floyd stuff was happening and then Killing in the Name of was yeah. going around, it's those, those are those... Um, uh, those that join forces also burn crosses. Like yeah. it, it was very yeah, relevant, yeah. and it holds up. And that's what the best music does. It stands the you test know of what's time. What's crazy relevant today? Toxicity. Sodomy. Toxicity is. I don't know if it ever stopped being know, like right? relevant. <laughs> like that's what, and that's that is a top five album for me, and that's an album I've listened to as much as any album in my life is Toxicity. Speaking of, did you guys watch the Woodstock documentary? Okay, so yes, uh, I didn't. All right, let's. I want to save. I want to shelve it for just a second because I wanted to go back to something you were saying about the uh, emo stuff, about the post hardcore and the different genres. So, Justin, uh, as we know, a grow how he was really only a hip hop head most of his life. Yeah. Like, and it just like he's the person I would go to for rap recommendations. But in the last few years, he started diving into rock. He got into a lot of grunge, a lot of classic rock. Um, and now he's like, I need new shit to listen to. So gave him a few Tool albums. He liked it. He started listening to A Perfect Circle. Um, and then Taylor was trying to give him recommendations. And I told Taylor, I was like, don't give him metal. Like, he won't like it. He doesn't like screaming. And then sure enough, he's like, I can't do screaming. I'm like, no shit. And I was trying to give him, like, maybe you'd like some of like, the emo stuff. Because lyrically, a lot of it's really good. The music's cool. It's really easy to listen to. I was like, where can I find like a middle ground between like whiny, whiny, douchey which i like and like a little heavier and i'm like they're not an emo band but they are absolutely lumped in with emo bands and they're one of my favorites is thrice i was like go to thrice dude i was like i I sent him deadbolt i was like that's like every thrice fans like anthem i was like but my favorite thrice album you want to go to bed what no dude deadbolt are you kidding are you high do you even know it no (laughs) (laughs) i've heard thrice before i know i didn't like them why because i wasn't into that Maybe you'd like it now, honestly, because it's like I, I, they're different now. Like they've turned into more of a rock band than anything else. But early on, they were pretty fucking hard for that 
you know, genre, subgenre. Like Josh was saying Seosin before, and like Seosin was cool when we were like in high school. Yeah. And like they were getting big for like the emo and shit. Sure, but, sure. Like I didn't even like Taking Back Sunday in high school. But and then you ended up liking them a lot. Yeah, I liked Taking Back Sunday a lot. And then like I went back and I tried to listen to some and Seosin and Thrice and they never did it for me. But like that's because I was so in like into like just Slipknot, Static F, Yeah, sure, G-Breed, sure. G-Unit. And I was the same way with Emo Forever. I was <laughs> G Unit. I was the same way with Emo Forever that and I told you like I didn't really like tell all your friends from Taking Back Sunday when it came out. It took where you want to be, which was I think our, our sophomore year of high school, yeah. where I was like, I really like these guys, like yeah. this album. And I still don't necessarily love t- tell all your friends. Like I love songs on it. Mm-hmm. There's certain things I love on it, but I'll go to the other ones that aren't. A, it's the whininess of a lot of it that I don't like. But Thrice doesn't have any really whiny. They're the, Justin like, may uh, really dig Senses Fail. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking. I'm yeah, seeing, that I'm, guy is the goat. Bu- buddy, the guy who bangs trannies. Oh, he does, yeah, uh, buddy. The lead, the lead singer. He's, he got in a lot of trouble. Man. He was cheating on his wife with trannies. So he, I'm, he I'm, see, I'm seeing them in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, you got to get your tickets still. Yeah, for I that. It, I'm sure they still have them, but now Starline is requiring proof of vaccination. Which is fine. Um, I'm vaccinated. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's not even their decision. They're owned by the Bowery, so they did that for all their venues across the country. Yeah. Um, so uh, Buddy is the only member, from, the original member of Census Fail that's still in the band. Oh, the lead the, singer? Yeah, he's the only one left. I've seen them live like three times in the last like five years. Warp Tour two or three times. Puts on a great live show. He yeah. sounds incredible, but he goes on these rants about using like um, LGBT and not bullying. And while he's saying don't use these words that hate hurt people, he uses the um, the fabulous word, yeah, the yeah. F word, over and over again. I'm like, dude, if you're going to rant to me about not using the word, you shouldn't be fucking using. Don't rant to me. How about that? Play your fucking songs up to still searching because that's all I want to hear. I want to hear Buried Alive. I want to hear Rum is for Drinking is not for Burning. I want to hear Lady in the Blue Dress and shut the fuck up. Like, no one wants to hear his fucking rant. Do you want You do? All right, why don't as, you come to the concert? As long as he says the F word all the time. Why don't you come? Yeah, maybe. September 5th? It's well, I remember I saw him at Warped Tour the first time. Sam was actually like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> said, proposed to me, Joshua. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. All right. Before you say anything. They're what is this? You want to listen. We're live. What is this? <laughs> this is Bob, Quad, and Taylor. When? Right now? Right now on Instagram. Oh, my God. When? I didn't know that he, he just opened his phone jerk off face. You're in the same fucking group as all of us. What the fuck do you mean? I thought he pulled up a video, stupid ass. They can hear us and see us. <laughs> are they watching or are they listening? We're just listening. Our listeners. Who's on, who's on this right now, Josh? Yeah, they can hear us. I just told you it's Taylor, Bob, and uh, Quad. Quad, Josh was just talking so much shit about you. No, I wasn't. Oh, the baby dick thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was talking about your little fucking pecker. <laughs> You shrimp, Taylor. He gave uh, he gave 808s a 3.2. Uh, that's kind of a low score, but I'll take it. Uh, Taylor, listen to the Soulfly back to the primitive this week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Josh! You ruin everything. I know. Why what is Ralph saying? calling me now? Ralph is calling me literally while we're doing this. This has to be about something important, so I'm not going to answer right now. <laughs> and he's going to be like, Jan, I'm dying. <laughs> um, Are you watching a Field of Dreams game? <laughs> I, I'm not watching it. I have a DVR right now. Aaron, Aaron Judge had three whole runs um, back to back. I don't so, know how it happened. So do you guys like the movie Field of Dreams? Uh, uh, dude, I've never even watched it. I've, I've seen it uh, a couple times. What do you think? It's cool. It's, like, it's cool to watch once, and then you never want to watch it, it again. It's definitely 
definitely wildly overrated. It's yeah. barely a baseball movie. Like no. I, I, the, I, the best baseball movie is the one with the Joe, Joey from Friends has the monkey. Shut up! It is not that <laughs> movie. A, that movie's great. Okay, what is? What's the name of that? I no, you don't even know. So you can't say it's the best. It's fucking awesome. So what would you think? What is your favorite baseball movie? Sixty-one. What's your favorite baseball? Besides the one with Joey from Friends. Uh, any given Sunday. <laughs> Shut up. Might be I the like, best I football like 61. movie. Sixty one's great. I had that at my number two. Major Mickey Major League Mantle's is one for me. A very me. good sniper in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, he's a fucking awesome actor. Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. He's yeah. a great actor. If you're a, if you're a Yankees fan and you don't love that movie, there's something wrong with you. I don't yeah. know. I mean, so number one for me is always going to be Major League. I, I watched it again recently though, and I didn't realize how much of like a Hallmark movie almost that it is. Well, it was an HBO movie, and that was before eight. It was while HBO was in this transition, and now they make really good movies yeah. when they do them. But well, it was also Billy Crystal directing and he wasn't much of a director yeah it was sweet though i love that movie. Oh, dude and he's a huge yankees fan himself so yeah. this was kind of a love letter to the yankees for sure remember when he had an app at in the minor leagues i was so mad about that yeah. i was like don't give this jerk off fucking uh, remember when he was all pissy at howard stern for the fucking interviews all the time there was a line he had they would send up stuttering john and john would be like oh but, but billy uh, how, how's your how's your how's your asshole it's like <laughs> Did Howard send you? Tell Howard. This is no fun. Negative funny. Like, uh, just pissy, miserable. And he does a lot. Like, City Slickers is great. Analyze. This is great. He's been in a ton of great shit. He's just a miserable, He's funny cunt. Monsters, Inc. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not <laughs> wrong. It's But, um, like, I love A League of Their Own. League of Their Own is fucking great. I don't need Amazon Prime making a series about it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Moneyball's obviously fucking great. The Sandlot's an all-time classic. I love Rookie of the Year. Rookie yeah, of the Year yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you go back to another Costner one for the love of the game is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even further back, The Naturals, an all-time classic. What's the one with the guy f- with uh, Andy Dufresne in it? I don't know. Look it up. Andy Dufresne, the guy who plays Andy Dufresne, obviously. What um, movie are you he, talking he's about? A, he's like a uh, pitcher. Are you talking about Bull Durham? Maybe. The one where he's in the minor leagues and he's banging Susan Sarandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's uh, Andy Dufresne. That one's sweet. Yeah. So Bull Durham, I had some arguments that they, they people would be like, "This isn't a baseball movie; it's a romantic comedy." Yes, it is a romantic comedy, but don't tell me Field of Dreams is a baseball movie then, because there's more baseball played and on screen in Bull Durham than there is in Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is a drama with baseball kind of wrapped around it, and there's some cool shit in it. Leota plays a good Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, I do think I hope baseball does this every year the white Sox should be in it every year since the movie is based around shoeless joe and the white Sox. um it should just i want them to do it like the winter classic or let's get weird with it do a different baseball movie every season next year cubs sign a 13 year old to be their closer and like rookie of the year um i think that would be cool he has to pitch one you know one inning clean get joey and the monkey get, get joey and the monkey there's the scout with brendan frazier you could do that one the rookie with dennis quaid Penny you got to sign a 42 year old gym teacher to come and pitch in the major leagues Eastbound and Down might be the best baseball media product ever made. Yeah, John Rocker. John Rocker, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's some other. There's some other really good ones that are like leaving my mind. The Jackie Robinson movie was good. Yeah, I um, like that one. So yeah. I I like the acting more than the movie itself because it kind of like sixty one. It almost plays like where's a. The, where's the uh, the lead actor from that movie now? <laughs> 42 feet under. <laughs> um, in Wakanda the, the, forever. <laughs> yeah, he is in Wakanda forever. Um, but like, it kind of plays like 61 where I, it feels like a made-for-TV movie at yeah, times. Yeah. But he's great in it. And Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey is so fucking good in that movie. But that wasn't bad. And then there's... Uh, the guy from Knight's Tale, the redhead guy, he keeps dropping... Oh, my mom. God. Yeah, yeah. He No, 
that wasn't that wasn't him in yes, a Night's Tale, wasn't that? No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, um, uh, Alan Tudyk, Alan Steve Tudyk, the pirate. Yeah, yeah Steve, Steve the, the pirate. pirate. Alan Tudyk, <laughs> he's awesome in that role. Yeah. And when you read into like, dude, that was one of my big issues. And this is probably where I stand alone, and I'd get called a racist for it. It like the, to me, the Jackie Robinson story should have been way more brutal than what the movie. did. It, obviously, there were parts where you're like, "This is gross," and all the shit that's happening to him. And they just yada. show him getting cleated more. Yeah, and like legitimately, like if you wanted to, it, yeah, like legitimately, honestly, and how the umpires treated him more. I think that would have been like for me, like knowing like everything he went through would have been a better representation. I think it's a solid movie, but it's one of those ones that's like right on the outskirts of my time. To me, Major League is like one of the best sports movies ever, not just baseball. Major League holds up to this day, although now um, it, it's canceled. I can you play it on TV anymore now that the uh, Cleveland Guardians? No, uh, yeah, uh, probably not. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a guardian burn. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking bad. You can't the guardians. Why the guardian? you go back to the so spiders, I, I I wish it was the spiders because it was a cool logo. It is a bad name. Uh, I just thought I was like, where'd they come up with this? Like, why the guardians? And then I saw like what it's actually based on, and I was like, all right, that makes there's a bridge right outside Progressive Field um, that has these statues that have been there since like the city of Cleveland was formed, and they call them the Cleveland Guardians. So I'm like, that makes a little more sense to me. Then I was like, but did anyone in Cleveland even know what they were called? They just oh, the statues by the bridge. Like we, I have find some jerk off on like baseball history not on Twitter that told me that, and I was like. Okay, maybe if this was like a nationally known thing, I would have been like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. It should have been the Spiders. Like the New York Yankees have to change their name to the Giuliani's. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised with the rate where Giuliani, yeah, Giuliani's going to be in prison soon at the rate he's going. <laughs> yeah. um, he's on Cameo now. I oh, saw no, that. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, how much does this Cameo cost? Uh, I don't know. Let me tell you. I, I, I have Cameo too. I can look it up. Okay. Um, let's see. Someone just said to me on Twitter about baseball movies. He said, "Hardball, shove it up your fucking ass." Uh, I watched that this week. No, you didn't. I that swear that movie Hardball. fucking that was Keanu Reeves. Right? Yeah, 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 where yeah exactly. this was when I didn't like Keanu because he was doing the same thing in every like in action. He was always good, but every movie confused, and yeah. he kind of still does that. But in this one, it's like, what do you mean I have to coach the little league team? Like, I was you happy when beat me up. I'll beat myself up. Oh, and he my. throws himself through the fucking window. Of the what bar. is he? Is it liar, liar? Yeah, I'm kicking my ass. No, but uh, that, I liked I liked that movie. Just because. What is Julie? Okay, what's reminding me all my classmates in Brooklyn. <laughs> he doesn't even have a price listed on here. Maybe he got kicked off already, honestly, or because today, the, not to be political, but just in the news, he was on it for like I think he joined like three days ago, yeah. and today he, him, Mike Lindell, and one of the lawyers, um, the Supreme Court threw out their um, a request for dismissal, not Supreme Court, the state court dismissal against Dominion voting systems, for, and they're suing each one of them for like three billion dollars. The My Pillow guy is the other one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Julian is probably not doing too well right now and apparently he's been sending Trump checks for like can you pay me finally can you pay me <laughs> and yeah and he's all disbarred and shit so he can't even practice law if he wants so you guys didn't watch the Woodstock documentary I did actually watch the Woodstock doc and we're gonna talk about it, even though you didn't you still gotta watch it no matter what yeah. I watched it last night Really enjoyed it. Did not appreciate some of the the, the social justice shit in it. Yeah, like well, when the the DMX set right, and he's going out there and he's putting on this show, and he's got this fucking audience of a few hundred thousand people in the palm of his hands. Yeah, majority white. Major, I would say like ninety seven percent white, right? And he's telling them to sing, you know, my end. He's telling them to say it over and over again. And the crowd's doing it. And then, of course, they have to go to this journalist, an African-American gentleman, and he's like, I have to wonder if the black people there wondered if their friends would ever use this word and how uncomfortable it made the few black people that were there. And they showed like, some black people who look like they're having the time of their life 
Dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm sorry. You could think that that it would make you uncomfortable. You're entitled well, to that. Like I, you weren't at Woodstock, motherfucker. Who gives a fuck what you think? The closest thing to Woodstock that I came was like one of my first festivals, which was Ozfest. And yeah, yeah. That was probably five years after Woodstock or four years after Woodstock. Man. I think I went in 03 or 04 or whatever. But like, there was majority white people again, but there were yeah, black people. Of course, you get no listen. No one fucks with you at these festivals because you're all there for the common. Uh, yeah, and so the the theme of Woodstock that led to like the issues. They was, had a lot of rape at Woodstock, but there wasn't a lot of hate crimes. No, there wasn't. <laughs> Which one would you rather? <laughs> don't don't even answer both. both. No. Okay, good, better answer. Uh, um, so the, there's a few things here. First off, the place was massive. Yeah, it was on a black asphalt with a hundred degree weather, and the one stage to the other was a, like about a mile away. It was what they said four dollars a, bu- a pop for a bottle of water um no one was drinking water they were all getting drunk yeah all the porter johns were overflowed yeah literally people rolling around the mud as the porter johns are just leaking out shit so they're rolling in shit mud and stuff and they pick such like a weird combo of like bands in a lot of cases like you're gonna have all these metal bands go and then like all right and here is cheryl crow yeah. and oh and here is alanis morrison no, they were on different days though. i know but i'm saying like yeah. they did they were so out of place with the rest of it people were there when you think about the year this was in 1999 and i thought one of the things they did great was explaining that the the effect that trl had on all this and that metalheads and all these rockheads were resenting the fact that they were on the same countdown as backstreet boys and in sync like i thought it was cool offspring coming out and bashing the backstreet boys when they were up there um well the, the, the the show overall was like Giving everybody's angles on it because correct. I thought it was going to be a total smear campaign. Okay. Yeah. Do uh, you want me to go through like just give you a list of just notable artists here? Yes, please. Seven Dust. Okay. Uh, Buck Cherry. Yep. The Roots. Yeah. Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. The yeah. Offspring. DMX. Cheryl Crow. Jamiroquai. Fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Bush. Uh, Bew Phillips. Okay. Uh, Moby. A terrible comedy set from Andy Dick. Yeah. <laughs> they mentioned on it, too. He's right, Moby. Um, Everclear. To, to, Ice sto- Cube. to stop you really quick, so I thought it was so funny that Moby was talking about, like, all the sexual misconduct that was happening when just, like, a year and a half, two years ago, he got me too about preying on Natalie Portman when she was super young and he was, like, 20 years older than her. Yeah, he's a fucking I asshole. I fucking hate Moby. Moby's always been an asshole. Listen, he's he, music he, shove it. He too. does have some catchy bops, but I'll never put I him like on. I like Fat Boy Slim better anyway. Fat Boy Slim fucking rules, though. <laughs> yeah. Praise you? Yeah, I got to praise <laughs> you. Oh, my God. Okay. Weapon of choice. So, this Boy, is... Walking, yeah, dude. The Saturday lineup on the East Stage alone is probably the most outrageously diverse uh, lineup of people. We'll rattle them off, big boy. Kid Rock, Wyclef and the Refugees, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Alanis Morissette, <laughs> Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, and Metallica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wakes up in the morning. Dude, it was, and there's some of the stuff in there that I, um, obviously, there, there was, I thought some of the angling of some things was weird, like how they were talking about, like, how this was at the height of Girls Gone Wild, and all of us 10 years old, yeah, we're Jerry up at like Springer. 11 in the morning, and we see the Girls Gone Wild commercial, we're tugging our little pud, yeah, and like, yeah. this is so cool, even though it's all censored. I go and, on and download Girls Gone Wild. The fifth try, I'd actually get the movie. Yeah, before everything be before like, that was like a beheading. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That uh, was always the, the so spam that you what did. was like the your favorite part of the documentary? The biggest like takeaway you had from it? I actually like it when they like did a little bit of the music. So when they dude, when they show the DMX when, performance, yeah, when they show DMX performance was monumental. That dude, guy was always dude and the 
energy. Well, the like, energy was unbelievable. Like, we weren't there. Rage Against the Machine burning the American flag right dude, up on stage. And like, Cor- dude, corn set was wild. wild. And, he, and he was like, this was like right around the time of Freak on a Leash. And they were just breaking through on the mainstream. Yeah, and they he were had, on TRL. And Jonathan Davis had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Yep. And he was like, I felt like I was going to pass out like three songs in. And I made it through. And then he fainted in getting back, backstage. Yeah. But then you hear about like some of the shit that was happening to people with the heat. Literally, their core temperature is so hot that they get hypothermia. Yeah. The my story, sister went to Woodstock. My, my grandfather went. He was a photographer really? at Woodstock. He actually, I might, I think I still have him. He was like a big time like eBay guy. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. made, um, when Woodstock 99 was happening, because he was at Woodstock 69, and he did photography there, he made these trading cards of Woodstock 69 that uh, he was like selling and doing sick. photos of there. And he had all kinds of photos that I'm sure my grandmother still has from Woodstock 99. But he, I remember him telling me, he's like, I've been to a lot of events. I was in the Korean War. This was one of the most unbelievably violent events I was ever at. Yeah. And he was in the Korean War. But, like, I would go to that. Uh, okay, so... I just wouldn't like the toilet situation. No, the toilet... So, dude, you don't like the toilet situation now. I know. <laughs> um, but, like, some of the stuff, like, when you hear about, like... Fred Durst was like they're like can you calm everyone down he's just Fred Durst was such an asshole yeah, like well, so was so was Anthony Kiedis did the dude same so shit. literally there was this group there Josh that they wanted to do a a candlelight vigil for Columbine right and it's, it's a really nice nonprofit group they're just happy and they brought all these candles they have all these peace signs ha- up with the candles lit and they give the candles out to people who then naturally set everything on fire yeah. so the chili peppers are playing and the mayor of the city comes out to Kiedis and he's like listen can you calm everyone down and he's like yeah yeah they go out there and you hear they start playing a cover of uh, Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire <laughs> while Flea is butt naked with his dick flopping around. <laughs> and he was packing some yeah, heat. Yeah, no, dude, he's got, he's got a hog. He's got his a hog is man. like the, the the girth of a five-string bass. Every time I would see Flea like, in concert and stuff like that when I was younger, yeah. it would always be blurred out. But yeah. then I actually saw his dick. I'm like, dude, yeah, it's just fuck. his dick and balls flopping around. Huge. This, <laughs> this documentary probably had the most titties in anything I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of um, unsolicited groping well, as well. Where, that's what I didn't like was like there was like this girl and she's like we were there and then like it was getting so misogynistic and then I was afraid that I was going to get raped. And yeah, I was like, I, 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 I don't mean to be a dick. You could cut this out of the show, but like, no, you can no one's it. going near you, bitch. <laughs> oh, the purple hair girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, one's yeah, going no near one's, you. No, You're no, a fucking dog. No, no, like, listen. It, there, there's it, girls flashing their tits over there. I'm walking over there. I'm going to yeah. see some tits, but I ain't going, dude, when they, I ain't it, going to it fucking... Was, dude, it was so random. I'm not wasting my sexual assault on you, bitch. <laughs> they brought out Rosie Perez for oh, some reason. Show us your tits. I show you shit, And it just... The way the event devolved over the days, and like they, the one thing they kept showing throughout the documentary is this guy um, talking to this guy who went with his friend, and they have his journals about like, and he was keeping a journal while he was there, and all he was there was to see Metallica, so they want to see Metallica, and then they lost him for like a full day. They literally had tents set up that were like find people, and you would go there because it was so big, it was over a mile wide, it was an old military base, which is so ironic considering it was a, lo- a p- uh, festival about peace and love. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't find him, and then they come to find out this dude um, had heat exhaustion. He was like passing out from the heat. The paramedics thought he was having an overdose and they hit him with the paddles and that killed him. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He didn't even get to see Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. He might have like heard the, from he, who the bell no, Or you could say I he, guess you could say he rode the lightning. Or, oh, yeah. or he faded the black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, those or, paramedics aren't forgiven. Or like, <laughs> They're unforgiven. More like St. Anger, dude. <laughs> oh, God. We're, it. we're the worst. It's, wait, dude. They, they put the paddles on him because they didn't think his heart was tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> he didn't have enough fuel. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to keep... <laughs> 
He wasn't reloaded. The paramedics killed them all. <laughs> yeah, they were like master of puppets. <laughs> you sound like Chip Chipperson now. <laughs> master of puppets or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is a really good doc. Like I, yeah, I would so, so the yeah. landlord and I are really enjoying it, and like we're making jokes and talking throughout. And then the last thirty minutes, when it goes into like the level of sexual assault and the fires and how bad it was getting i just we were silent i didn't like i noticed that halfway through i was like damn this devolved like and it i thought that was a really well like good way to do it to show the progression of it i didn't love the dude that was like one of the founders talking about like everyone acts like it's this widespread thing but there were only like 10 like sexual assaults reported i was like yeah like they, they talked to like some woman there like they didn't want her who's gonna believe uh, there the were no cops the, the girl from spin magazine was the worst the blonde girl with her fucking bushy eyebrows yeah i hated her eyebrows eyebrows yeah. she had like yeah she had like caterpillar eyebrows but like she's just waiting for you to walk by her and like just me to you yeah she's like did you just graze my elbow <laughs> i'm a victim i'm gonna see? blog about did this on my look, tumblr you look at my eyebrows you fucking pig <laughs> <laughs> um so you had mentioned before that when you were going back and listening to this metal um while i was gone uh joe jordison passed away yeah. um and you know joey hasn't been in the band in a few years um reasons he left the band are speculative yeah um it sounds like there were creative differences um some personality issues he was physically breaking down i don't know what his actual condition was but he was apparently even unable to pick up drumsticks in the last few years yeah well that's um, why in murder dolls he didn't even play the drums he's a guitar well i mean when he was one of the founders of slipknot he was originally a guitarist yeah and then he moved over to drums but like seeing all the videos like of uh oh, dude what the, was that what was the concert disaster like, pieces yeah, the tour disaster when they turned piece. them yeah, the, the, the dv i think we all had that dvd yeah. um and you left it at Kevin Kane's house, and that's how I, I watched it. I absolutely left that at Kevin Kane's house, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he bought me a new copy of it because I was ready to smack him around. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he gave it back to me, and it was scratched the fuck. Yeah. And I was like, dude, come on. Like, get, just give me the money or buy it. And Bobby would go there and be like, do you have that Slipknot CD? <laughs> yeah, dude, watch it over we're, and over we're, again. We're like, we don't even really know Dan at this point. We're like, do you have Dan's <laughs> DVD? Let's watch it. <laughs> so I got that as a, a Christmas gift, but I was I went to the Disasters Peace Tour, so I got oh, to see yeah. all that shit live. And... You know, when I think of, you think about Joey's drum style, it's called blast beat. That wasn't a mainstream thing until the Joey Jordison, like dude, and the, the constant, <laughs> the constant fills, yeah. and it, that wasn't a thing. Joey made that a mainstream thing in oh, metal, yeah. and you know, the, the, when I say about like speculative why he got kicked out, the song on the um, the gray chapter, the negative one. It's supposedly about Joey. Yeah. He was number one in the band. Yeah. So the negative one, when you listen to it, you're like, oh. So And that's what happens in bands. They have creative differences. They move on. But I think all of us were just like, damn. Like, when we think about, like, you know, Slipknot was my band. Static X was yours. Metallica. But Slipknot was that one constant kind of for all of us. Yeah. And those drum lines were always in our fucking head. We knew it was a Slipknot song just on the drumming. Yeah. And um, I thought "Jump the Fuck Up" in the Soulfly album was—I thought it was Fred Durst the first time I heard it. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird, Fred Durst and Soulfly. And I'm like, I, well, if you remember back, you mentioned Kaza before when he would go to like download songs, be like, "The Biscuit, Soulfly, Slipknot, Corn, one song, there first was, time ever." Then you download it and it just, uh, uh. yeah, and it'd be like. You download like a just like a random song, and then it would just the, the title of it would be "I Hate N Words," and I'd be like, "Oh God!" <laughs> be like, "I already had this downloaded. <laughs> I actually recorded it." Um, but the with the I was wondering if the some of the Soulfly and like Limp Bizkit, they all came up around the same. Yeah, time. Yeah, they were part of the new metal wave, and they yeah they were doing the new metal wave. I wonder if that has anything to do with each other, like. Uh, 
you know, because no one liked Limp Bizkit out of that. It's because Fred, Fred was unlikable. He was hard to work with. Like, if you, you'll never forget when Eminem was doing the VMAs and he went up and he's like, so I could sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst. Yeah. Daps up Carson Daly and walks right away from Fred. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fred probably was a good dude, but he bought into his own gimmick and hype so much that he had to act like he was his badass. I do like his gimmick right now. Have you seen the recent picture of Fred Durst? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think it's funny. Well, the, the Woodstock documentary came out and then you, it was like kind of, kind of, perfect timing for Limbiscuit because how many times have Limbiscuit come back and no one gave a fuck and every you time the Woodstock and Woodstock was revolved around Limbiscuit yeah they were the biggest band they rock were, band at the they time they didn't even mention about ICP but there, no. was, there was claims that ICP are the ones who started fucking I believe that that was fire. what they did and, the, and like, what does Juggalo mean Family. <laughs> this one goes out to all the juggalos and yeah. juggalettes. Yeah, whoop, whoop. I hope you like it. I, I fucking love superhuman. Shit. Dude, have you seen the videos of him going to wrestling events? And no. he does it. Literally, he's been going to like indie shows and he does it. And it's, fuck this shit. The whole crowd does it with him. He might be the most over wrestler alive right now. I would love to walk up to him and punch him in the head, but I'd get my ass kicked if I did that. By who? By, oh, yeah, you're right. The juggalos and gigolettes. <laughs> I've seen the crowds at these indie shows. Oh, they're they're crazy at indie shows, dude. Um, but yeah, so rest in peace to Joey. Uh, how many of us went like just watch one of his drum solos after that happened? Oh, dude, the, the first thing I did was uh, go look for the fucking uh, the video of him in the, the fucking, disaster pieces yeah. drum solo. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's like looking at that shit. I'm like, murder dolls, dude. Dude, the murder dolls were awesome. Yeah. I love that. I think you and me were like two of the only people that like had the album. I had the red twist, black mad, socks. twist, mad, twist, mad. I had sister. the black black and red socks striped, and then the I bought a black and red shirt just because that's how the murder doll. Yeah, yeah. What was the other song? It was uh, Dead in Hollywood, right? Yeah, all my heroes are dead in Hollywood. Yeah. 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 So I. um, 197666 is my favorite. Dude, I I have G.I. Joe's. Dude, that whole album was so good. I never tied him to crucifixes until I heard that song. And then you started to? Yeah. And then he tied his cat to one. (laughs) Me me and Vinnie Maurice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, because I remember when Murder Dolls blew up, it was right around the time when Stone Sour had their first album come out. Yeah. With um, Get Inside, which was a fucking banger. The thing is, I wasn't into the mainstream stone sour i was like dude fuck you well and the first was album like murder was murder dolls all the way the first album i wouldn't well, call a song super on the spider-man soundtrack bother so you'd be into that yeah no i, was <laughs> not into that. I wouldn't say because well here's I the thing i like the one with uh nickelback and saliva that was a good song so high, I, I actually like that song and they say that a hero <laughs> could save us i'm not gonna stand here away I climb onto the wings of an eagle. Watch as we all fly away. And then the end is watching us, watching us, watching us us, as we all fly away. We should do a uh, we should we should do a you watch I listen cover album. Oh, uh, we should do a, a concert. Um, like, uh, how about a karaoke? Like, <laughs> like uh, Freedom Fest or whatever that girl was trying to do. Um, uh, uh, Pinestock? Pine, yeah, Pinestock. Oh, my God. Stock. If you book them, they will come. If, if you they, they do another Pinestock, we do it on the same day. And we'll I think she's actually trying to do one. I've, I've spent too much time on the show talking about that fucking zilch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, but what we were talking about, that song is on the Spider-Man soundtrack from um, Stone Sour. Yeah. But when the album, I remember when that soundtrack came out. I got the soundtrack. I remember there, there was the Ramones Spider-Man song on it. I was very down. But that actually wasn't a Stone Sour song. On the Spider-Man soundtrack, if you have a copy of it or you find it, it says Corey Taylor. It was a Corey Taylor solo song. Then the Stone Sour album came out, and it was on there as Stone Sour. But that was him playing guitar, recording it. But the first album, first Stone Sour album, is pretty much just a, like, a, it is a metal album. Like, Get Inside is I'm a hard 
hard. I would call it metal. Is it hard? Like I'd edge rock? Like, thrash rock? Maybe thrash? hard rock. I don't know. I think it's rockabilly. So uh, Get Inside is definitely the heaviest song. Yeah, in the album. yeah. Uh, but you got other songs. Like you got uh, uh, obviously Bothers on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at you, you have, uh, I like that song. Uh, oh, Monolith is on there. Monolith That's is definitely a rock song. There, um, is it like thrash rock, hard rock? Might be. Inhale is definitely a rock song. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I like that. I, I they haven't had many albums. I think are bad. There's a few that are worth skipping over. There's, mm-hmm. but everyone has a good song on it. Yeah. And I appreciate when guys branch out and they try something different. Yeah. Because Corey's range from screaming to singing is like dramatic. Corey's a very good musician overall. I, you know? I love Corey Taylor and Stone Sour, but now that he does his like covers of like other songs. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like it. I really appreciate it when he did uh, the stuff for Scott Weiland. When yeah, he died. for sure, for he did sure. A couple songs and like he did a lot of Chris Cornell. He's so fucking talented. Like yeah. singing wise, yeah. when you hear him actually sing. You're like, when you damn. hear him on Soulfly, jump the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. That's another song I'd go to battle. Well, dude, one thing about when they do Spit It Out Live, when it's all oh, on the yeah. ground, and then it's uh, and he's talking to everyone. And I remember when we went to the one where we lost you, and literally, so during Spit It Out like, Live. You guys want to come up? And they're like, no. No, that is not what happened at all. No. You, said, you said, see you later. We're not too far <laughs> off from Slipknot, man. No, Maybe dude. two months, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Keep your fingers it's crossed. It's an outdoor venue. I, I know. I'm, I don't trust anything in this state. Fair enough. <laughs> Give me that at least. Um, so when they do spit it out live, like on the floor at Izod. So like I said, you didn't say come up with me. No, I we, didn't. No, you did not. You said see you later. Because we were only like five people off from the fucking I, stage. I told you, Taylor. And Why had my sister with me? That was part of the main yeah, well, reason. You were like, my sister's with me. And Taylor's like, no, I don't, I don't think I can handle it and I was like but then right. the whole floor turned into a because, pit because corn was ending and I was like if we're gonna go see Slipknot we go see it we go up now yeah. and well, you guys were like oh I wanna go get a hot dog or something I'm like I'm <laughs> I, I did and I got like pictures of like I'm like Five Dude, we got really from... close. I wanted to get close so we could avoid a mosh pit. So we literally only had like five people between us and Corey. But then the whole floor turned into a pit. Yeah. Literally, the whole thing blew up. So Taylor's in front of my sister. I'm behind her. We're just building the wall so she doesn't get fucked up. So Josh, Darren spit it out. He tells everyone when it's uh, the whole breakdown of it. He wants everyone on the floor and he kind of talks to you. But when we were there, he was like, this is why I love New Jersey. I didn't have to say anything. Look at all you. We're on. You're on the ground. So then he goes, one, two, three, jump the fuck up. And so again, it's Taylor, my sister, me, right? We have this on video. So he goes, jump the fuck up. When Taylor goes to get up, he fucking falls back, <laughs> knocks over my sister, who literally a domino effect of like 15 people, and quickly stand up. My sister stands up, and she's getting dragged through the crowd. And on video, you see Taylor and me throwing people to get to her. I was like, and she, we get to her, I was like, is she okay? She's like smiling the whole time. It, that I'm, I'm super fucking pumped. So After that concert, I went to say bye to you guys. I met you guys like towards the back. And I was wearing a sweatshirt. Yes, dude. Like, I remember I hugged you. You were like, I was just thinking of a fieldy from corn. <laughs> <laughs> dude, there was not an inch on me that was dry. How are you? Have you been doing the last few days at work with the heat? Yeah, I'm fine, dude. Like, whatever. You, you're, see, like people like you and me are so used to sweating, but today, like I was out today. I'm training this I'm not kid. Not perverted. I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, same. Like I, yeah. I get it. Like thankfully, I don't have to resign because of that. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Josh, there's a beverage coming out. An alcoholic beverage that is in your wheelhouse. Okay. So Josh is a fruity. It's, it's fucking Similac. Alcoholic Similac for you, you baby. So Josh is a baby with alcohol. <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah. Like you don't like beer particularly. You like Kurz Light. Yeah. You don't like beer that tastes like beer, right? Well, I mean. Okay. I got this asshole. I gave him a Stone Cold Steve Austin beer, the Broken Skull IPA. Asshole takes two sips and just leaves it there. <laughs> 
It's an IPA. It's not good. It's yeah. not even a hard IPA, though. Like, this doesn't taste like a normal IPA. It's not super hoppy or anything. You're a little bitch, okay? But we know you like your fruity seltzers, right? Yes, I do. Mountain Dew is coming out with Fuck a hard yeah. seltzer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm all for I think we had that already. It was called Four Loco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I will try that for sure. I like supporting Mountain Dew product because they probably have the most interesting corner of the soda market. Like, there's multiple different root beers. There's all different colas. There's different types of Sprite-type things. But Mount, there's only Mountain Dew. Like, there's been, you know, Surge and shit, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like a, just an amped-up Mountain Jolt. Dew. Jolt. Jolt Cola. But... When I see like there's a new Mountain Dew, every time I'm like, I'm gonna try this. Yeah. I gotta see if it sucks I or like not. I like the one with John Cena during the Super Bowl. I was like, I need to try that watermelon Dude, shit. Um, and I, it wasn't good. I tried it. I, I liked it, was, it. It wasn't bad. See, see, Mountain Dew is really good, but you have to limit yourself to how much you drink of it. Because I bought the fucking huge cases of it before, yeah, yeah. and I got all the different flavors. And, you're like, like, <laughs> and I'm like drinking it, and I'm like, you get tweaked out. This shit is not good for and you. And it also gives you one of the worst sugar crashes you could possibly have. Yeah. Like, I've sugar crashed off Mountain Dew because I think we've done that like especially like in the hardcore xbox live days you're playing halo 3 till fucking yeah, 3 in the yeah, morning yeah. and you're drinking code red and live wire and just pounding them out um generally every time i go to taco bell i have to get baja blast that's a given like yeah, i don't yeah. i don't get ba- anything you have but, to get ba- yeah you have to every single time and every so often i like mountain dew is one of those sodas i actually can find kind of refreshing like i think it's smooth um root beer is my favorite soda i don't know what's your favorite soda i like sprite I think. sprite yeah it's weird like i sometimes i really like, like Coke. Sprite, when I go out to a restaurant and I don't want to drink, I'm getting a Sprite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but besides that, like, I, I like Coca-Cola. It's nice. I, I mean, it's a, I don't want Pepsi ever. I'll do Pepsi with Doritos. If I'm eating Doritos, I want Pepsi. Is that just because of branding? No, it's because Pepsi, Doritos, and a Slim Jim is what me and my friend used to get. And it okay, so our, it's this nostalgia spot. taste almost. It you could like taste the nostalgia. A drive home thing, and he's like, every time we'd stop at a gas station, because we had a long ride, sometimes sure, we'd sure. fucking pull over, and then... It was always a Slim Jim, a Pepsi, a Pepsi, and a bag of Doritos, and that'll hold you over. Regular the Doritos. Regular. Doritos. Do you prefer? Is that your favorite type of Dorito? The original? Uh, yeah, I like Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch are nice. The spicy chili are nice yeah, too. Yeah. I was very disappointed when the new um, or the rebirth of the 3D Dorito came out, yeah, and it, it was they were like bugles, yeah. and they didn't have the original flavors, dude. Dude, I, I used to like the fucking like the the air, the air pocket. When you would you, eat you it, got, you could taste you the got, fucking air of the factory. You got Cool Ranch <laughs> air in your mouth yeah. every time. I I was about 3D Doritos. Like, even when they... So, they brought back Dunkaroos. Good reboot. Not the same, though. I think the 3D Doritos is the first bag of chips, like, full-size, family-size, that I ate by myself. Oh, like the original ones when they came out? Yeah. Dude, I was housing those fucking things. And it's funny. I say they like Bugles, because I actually like Bugles. Yeah. I used to take Bugles and Easy Cheese, squirt the cheese inside the Bugle. Ooh. Try it, dude. Yeah, it's, we know how much you love cheese. I, I bought a bag of Bugles just for that nostalgia, and I opened it up, and it's like still sitting from like five months ago. It's I like do that. In the corner of my I, so that's another thing. Like I said, like I try every Mountain Dew. I almost always try when there's like a new like flavor of chips out. Like I want to try it. Same thing with Oreos. I always try the new Oreos. Yeah. I have to see what they're like. Landlord gets so pissed at me. She's like, you ate like four of these and they've been sitting here for two weeks. I was like, I'll eat them eventually. You never and, eat them. Well, no, here's the thing. Certain nights, I will get very, very high. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what do we have? That's the problem with my house is I don't get high enough to eat everything in it. Yeah. And see, well, you don't get high. Yeah. You, don't, you can't. Um, if you did, dude, like I get those urges when I, it's funny because like some people they'll smoke and they instantly want to start snacking. Yeah. For me, it's almost like on the come down a little bit where all of a sudden my stomach is like, you need to eat six hot dogs and throw those checkers French fries in the air fryer. <laughs> yeah. like, and the air fryer is the greatest thing you could own when it comes to snacking. 
snacking. Yep. So you're if you're like me, you like buying like the frozen foods that you could just throw in the toaster oven and heat yeah, up. Yeah. But the difference between what they're like out of the toaster oven or even the oven compared to the air fryer. Do you have an air fryer? Nah. Dude, it's night and day. Yeah. It is fucking so I think we've all bought frozen French fries. You put them in, they're, they're good. Yeah. In the, the air fryer. The easy, easy cringle or something dude, like that. The, out of the air fryer, it's like you're getting them from, like, a fast food place. And even reheating food, like, okay, say you get a 20-piece uh, chicken nugget, right, from McDonald's. Uh-huh. Don't finish them. You microwave them. They're never the same, right? They're a little rubbery. Yeah. You throw those sons of bitches in the air fryer, it tastes like you just got them. Really? I wish I was exaggerating. Like, we got one of, it was on the registry for the wedding. And I was like, how good could it be? Like, so I got Checkers French fries, which to me might be the premier fast food French fry. Seasoned, perfect, right? Terrible out of the toaster oven. Put them in the air fryer. I was like, oh, my God. This is literally like I just got them out of the fryer from Checkers. So I would say when you start doing all the wedding planning, you get a registry or just buy one. You will not be disappointed with what the air fryer does to enhance food. We made fucking, listen to this. We made deep fried Oreos in the air fryer. Yeah, that sounds So um, the landlord looked up a way to do this. So you get crescent rolls, right? You wrap them up nice and thin in the Oreo. Put them in the, the air fryer for five minutes comes out confectionery sugar it's like you're just at the fucking boardwalk yeah it is unbelievable so my my stoner food when i was like in high school was my dad would get, or my mom whoever went shopping would get these um a box of french fries okay and it had like a, a cover on them so you take the cover off and slide them under i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so what i would do with those it, you, i think you had to put them in for 230 okay the time so they're already cooked and everything they just got it you just got to heat them yeah up. yeah I used to take like any kind of shredded cheese or American cheese. Oh, and make some cheese it, fries. And I would make cheese fries, and I would be so fucking happy because that was yeah. like my high food. Dude, and there's a, there's a few like well, first of all, when you're high, like greasy food like that and potato yeah. chips are some of the best. I get the sweet tooth sometimes. Like Oreos is one of the premier high foods for sure. Um, but getting especially with the air fryer, getting some of those frozen foods like mozzarella sticks out of the air fryer Ooh. versus the toaster oven. Dude, fried ravioli at the air fryer. That sounds Unbelievable. Odd. Sometimes landlord will stop at Trader Joe's and get their frozen foods, which are like next level. I did some fucking frozen shrimp tempura out of the air fryer. <laughs> Dude, it was so goddamn good. We got first world problems. I This is my privilege talking. <laughs> Shit, man. I make fucking money and I spend it on garbage food. I got to ask Jared and Kenyatta if they're eating right. <laughs> Why? I got to send them some Omaha steaks or something. <laughs> <laughs> they have more money than both of us. A, I got a random text message from Kenyatta. The okay. Other day. <laughs> okay. And, like, I haven't talked to him like since like the wedding stuff. I think I a little conversation with him after, but he's like, dude, dead ass. Do you need a wood chipper? <laughs> <laughs> Why did he ask you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. Maybe uh, Sam's like, maybe he killed someone in it, and then he needs to get rid of it. I feel like maybe we it, cut this out, Josh. Where's Josh? Yeah, Josh has disappeared. I think he's got, like, a work phone call. Um, I'm trying to think, like, uh, what other frozen foods... Do you know what lately I've been getting from ShopRite as, like, a really good late-night stoner food? Um, they have these... Um, it's in a black box, these, like, pretzel bites that you can throw in the microwave. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, they have yeah, pepper yeah. jack cheese in them. Ooh. Dude. <laughs> so I, I used to get the ones that just had their cheddar cheese in them. <laughs> the pepper jack's better. Is it Ballpark so, made those pretzels? I, I, it's like a black and red box. Yeah, yeah, So, landlord went grocery shopping the other day, and she came back with them. And I was like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, all right. So I made half the box and I housed them. The next day, same thing happens. Made half the box, it's gone. Or no, I left like maybe like five in there, I think. So I'm playing Call of Duty with Josh the other night. And I have the headset on. And I hear, what the fuck? And she's like, there's five in here. I was like, sorry. I was like, yeah, I fucking destroyed them. Are you still playing Call of Duty at all? 
Uh, no, a little bit. It's it, the game is just littered with ha- like cheaters. Well, that's why what Josh and I play is that outbreak mode, which is um, it's Warzone with zombies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like a huge map. You get through different levels of it, and it gets harder and harder. You upgrade your weapons throughout yeah. it. Like Josh and I played the other night, and each of us had like a thousand kills over five levels. That's cool. uh, dude. If you haven't played Outbreak, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like I play with a group of people, and they're always looking for people to play throughout the day. And like sometimes I get home from work mad early. Yeah, yeah. So I'll like after I do a couple things around the house, I'll fucking put the Xbox on. It goes on. And I'll play MLB all fucking. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of show. Um, I've just been doing... I, I, I did so much Diamond Dynasty. I'm just doing Road to the Show now because it's a really good this way to kill the time. Field, the Field of the Dreams thing is pretty cool. Yeah, that, I, I did touch that. That's cool. But next week, I know where all my video game time is going because Madden comes out on Friday. Next Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to take a step back from the Ultimate Team. Okay. But I really like what they did with the franchise mode. I'm actually excited to fuck with franchise mode because they finally revamped it for the first time in, what, eight seasons? Yeah. Oh, talking about Madden? Yeah, yeah. Um, they finally revamped the franchise mode. Um, well, so like, I like I like the the like I do this in NHL I do this in in other games that I play but like drafting, it's great it's, it's so much cool. fun like, the scouting and everything. There was like one quarterback in the draft class that was projected to go thirty two and I was like I'm trading up for that pick and okay. I got the quarterback and then like I think I had uh, L- uh, Lamar Jackson okay till he retired and yeah, he was yeah. like on the cusp of like when you resign him you have to only do two year deals yeah so yeah he'll accept he won't do anything past five so you're like okay. This motherfucker's retiring. So then, like, I, I drafted the quarterback, and I was like, I'm just going to keep him. Like, I'm not going to play him the first year. Yeah, yeah. So I don't ruin his. Lamar Jackson gets hurt, like, the second. So you got to put him right in. So I put him right in, and I fucking. Lit it up. Back. I fucking bought out fucking Lamar Jackson at the end of the, the season. Thing, the thing I always like doing in the franchise modes with the draft is taking my guys that still have, like, a lot of. Because I, I play with the salary cap on because yeah. I want to be as real as possible. Take my guys that are in the back end of their contracts are a little bit older. And then trade them for draft picks because the one thing it isn't realistic in that obviously there's a million things that aren't realistic in Madden, but the computer GM doesn't fucking get what you're doing to him. So I'm like, I'm gonna give you these players like an 88 overall. Just give me your first round pick, and if it's outside of the top 10, they'll almost always take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll even go ahead and I'll package like a third round pick like two years from now, and then I end up with three picks in the first round. Well, I start my team off. I take I, I when I do the, like, the I do the fantasy draft in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. What I'll do is I'll draft. I don't. The, I want to play with my guys early on. All the I guys wanna. potential that have high potentials that are low, like they're like around, they're teetering around seventy-five to eighty. Okay, like a B to C, yeah. Yeah, and then you see who like comes through it, and then you, there's like certain rook. There's three rookies that you can put training perks on. Yes. And then like when you go to practice with them, you simulate the practice, and it gives them more boost. So they and rank up really quickly. They rank up really quickly. So I was doing that with the quarterback, and I was like, fucking toss him into the fire and see how he does. Because I like to play on Superstar, where it's like, I might not win every game. Yeah, but you're you're going to be better for when you do play so online. So then when I, when I do like play like on Superstar and I go through a season, I can tell when my team's really good when I start smoking. Teams. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like when you're playing, you mean on All Madden yeah, mode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're playing on All Madden, you're thinking NHL yeah, Superstar. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to All Madden, and it's funny because the jump from All Pro in Madden to All Madden is fucking Stupid. night and day. Like Stupid. going from Pro to All Pro, it's it's significant, but not like dramatic. I like, couldn't break like a thousand yards with my fucking quarterback. No, dude, it, it's crazy. Madden. Like if you when you first go to All Madden, if your team isn't great, the best chance you have of winning is run, 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 pass if you don't get a first down and just limit. And you might get your quarterback 120 yards per game if you're lucky. Yeah. And he finishes up with like, it looks like it's like 1967. And he has like, it's a kid, a good season, 2,400 yards passing. Yeah. Like, and uh, obviously on the defense, you have to play zone because you're 
man guy sucks so bad. Yep. And it's all these different things. But they finally changed franchise mode to make it more um, submersive. So it's not just like the same formula over and over again. Um, I haven't skipped the Madden since 04. I'm not, I, I've committed too much time. Just like when The Walking Dead is going to start up, I'm going to catch up because I committed fucking, what, nine seasons watching live, and now I'm like a season or two seasons behind. I, I'm going to, because I committed that much time to it, I'm going to see it through. I will get every Madden until I die, until ESPN 2K comes back. I just got to stop spending money on, on, the, ulti- on the, the Ultimate Team. Yeah, so I made a rule with Mutt a few years ago is I will only spend like max like 30 bucks a month on it, yeah. But I, I like grinding the challenges. It, it, it familiarize packs, like I'll, I'll do that every time there's a new thing out. I'll spend eighty, eighty dollars right away. Yeah, yeah, or whatever well, it is. Oh, you know what? Actually, I started doing last year was every time you got to that level up where it was like, here's your pack because you hit level forty, and it gives you a player that's ranked X amount. Yeah. I did think last year it was the best job they had done with trying to stop guys from getting like the best players instantly because they didn't release yes. all the 97s, 98s. They made obtaining good players easier in the challenges. The, the market was lower early on. So I was like, all right, this is more competitive. And you saw the difference playing online. The people that would, there were still people that would spend $1,000 right on their team and instantly have, you know, the best fucking players. But then they were smart. I think last year, the highest player right off the bat was only like a 92, or it was Pat Mahomes because he was the cover athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a 96. But outside of that, and he cost like two million coins it was like a 90 91 92 which is reasonable you can get to that and they kept those ones so high that you had to get by with players rated 86 87 88 and then as the actual nfl season went on uh, you were able to get better and better players so you would be stuck at like your team is an 84 overall for a bit and then you're an 85 and 86 compared to previous years where i was able to get my team to a 90 in a month yeah and it was even without spending like a crazy amount it was just i I, I spent crazy like it, it made me sick one time i looked at my bank statement of how much I spent in a month. The fir- was like, it was after the first year I played Mutt. It was the second year because I got into it really late. It was a, I got into it in 2015. It was the first time I played Mutt because I was living with Taylor. He was playing a lot and he was spending stupid money on it. So first year I didn't spend anything. The next year I was like, oh, what's 10 bucks here? Oh, what's 10 bucks here? And I was like, 10 bucks here. And then I realized I'm spending 10, 20 bucks a night. And then after like two months I looked, I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Um, um, I made a deal with myself that I'm going to stay away from the ultimate team as much like I'll do a free to play or whatever but like I know how I am I'll be like I just need to get my team to that next level well that's why like I like the challenges because they 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 allow they let you achieve things and some of them get really fucking hard and some of them are a lot of fun I like when they do the seasonal challenges like when they do the one player where you get like the stats with that one player and it progresses like, yeah oh, yeah you get like 30 touchdown passes with this yep. guy has where you get the stats. coin to upgrade him yeah yeah I did that with uh, Ed McCaffrey last the, the season the Ryan Shazier one yeah dude they, that, that was cool they did the Pat Tillman one yep, yep. Um, they did some cool shit with that um, this year was Andre Johnson Yes, it was. I I got I got my Andrew Johnson like a ninety six, I think ninety seven. Yeah, I stopped I stopped playing. Uh, I think the first week of the the NFL playoffs. Josh, are you gonna get Madden? I might. What are you playing right now besides Call of Duty, or just Call of Duty? Um, no, no, Man's I uh, no. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I am playing. Um, the fuck is it? It just came out recently. Turok. No. Wow, it must be really good. Oh, I know. Perfect Dark. <laughs> no, I was texting you. I mean, like I, I stopped playing it. It's manhunt, uh, when manhunt. The new, uh, when the new zombies map dropped, 
Um, if you ever want to play Outbreak, dude, we're, we jump on at night sometimes, and yeah, it is fucking it's, fun. It's and it's cross-play. Oh, you can do that? Yeah, yeah, we just need your Activision ID or whatever. And right. he has to have the battle pass, right? No, he doesn't have to have it. Oh, you don't have to have it anymore, because no. that's what it was at first, right? Yeah. You had to have it. Your Activision ID is in your fucking upper corner. You send it's it like, to it's us. It's like a bunch of numbers and shit, right? Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. But we play with our boy Jerry sometimes, and he's on Xbox. Can I so. hear you guys through the headset? Yeah, yeah, you can hear mm-hmm. us. Wait, are you, are you on the new Xbox or the old one? The older one. No, then we can't, right? Yeah. Oh, you can on the, yeah. even the it's, previous series? It's all platforms. Okay, because I thought for a little bit it was only the next gens could do cross-play. Does no. that count? Yes. When's the last time you cross-dressed? I don't think I have ever have really. Come on, you, honestly, like when people would you like, put on your mom's underpants. No, for Halloween, like people would like. Oh, I did for sure. Like put on girls' clothes. Yeah, all yeah. The time I never did that. I it was a great chick. I magnet. just don't know how how I would have like uh, like see my dad before I left the house. Well, it's yeah, a little chick. bit different. He would have been like, I don't care if it's Halloween. He would have. Yeah. Called you a fairy. One time I had a girl's pair of panties. Like when that was the thing to do was give yeah. girls panties. And I Kevin King like, gave out his sisters all the time. Rest in peace. And I was like, uh, "Oh, these are soft." And I rubbed it on my dick. That's about as close as I came to cross dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Did it feel good rubbing it on your dick? Yeah, for a second. Until, until you got rug burn on it. Until I jerked off, and then I didn't, was not interested in them anymore. <laughs> in girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a couple vaginas away from. Them. Um. All right. Let's see what we got here. Did you guys watch anything else in the last few weeks? That oh was. Oh my a... god! I have a fucking. Okay. Life. Let's hear. Uh, hardball. Okay, terrible. Uh, Bronson. Great. Uh, you just start making a list as you watch things. I know. I should. I always like just do notes in your phone and just take and just put it in there. I watched Saving Private Ryan again. Dude, you watch it a lot. That's a that's a heavy movie to watch often. I do. I, I and it's long. I love it. Um, what was I? I, I think I was. Watching um, Van Helsing. <laughs> <I started watching laughs> some of that. Okay, so here, here's a good Van Helsing story. So remember they made a video game for it on PS2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I rented it from Blockbuster, right? It was fucking awful. So you know what I did? Yeah, they only had one copy game. I fucking scratched the shit out of it, and I called them. I was like, this game's terrible. Uh, I don't know. The game is scratched. I can't play it. Like, all right, bring it back. You can exchange it for something else. <laughs> yeah. I actually... I, I This was a great con to do. So um, and this will lead into some other news. Um... GTA Vice City. Played it so much, and sometimes you wouldn't even turn your PlayStation off. And on the old PlayStations, it would just spin the whole time. You could fuck the disc up. My Vice City got scratched to fuck. Go to Blockbuster, rent Vice City, swap out the discs. <laughs> there you go. Did it? Uh, I did it a few times with different games. What have, a con. I have uh, a Blockbuster video in my DVD collection. Okay. It's Dewey Cox Walk, uh, walk Hard. <laughs> I love that movie. Know, walk Hard, I, the Dewey Cox story. And like what I, I rented it. I cut my brother in half. I rented it, and I, I must have had like a fucking huge balance because I like never. That could actually it. still be with a creditor, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and then, this was like, on your parents' name. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember. But then I just like remember they closed down like maybe three or four weeks after I rented it. They closed, and I was like, "Well, I guess I hang on to it now." Do you own any movies that like you rented and never returned? Do you still have it? No, I have one from Netflix, um, from when it was just DVDs, or it was when they started the streaming and DVD combo, uh, RoboCop. Nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. because RoboCop rule. The original is still so good. Like, I, I finally, I it was maybe like two years after it came out, I watched the remake, and it hurt my soul. Because all, like, the, the funniness, the charm, and even, like, Gary Oldman's in it, and he sucked in it. Jackie Earl Haley was in it. He sucked in it. Yep. There was just nothing good about it whatsoever. Oh, I watched the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau Lost Tapes. Yes, I got to watch that doc again. I haven't seen that in a long time. I, and, like, because, like, Sam 
came in one time when I was watching The Island of Dr. Monroe. Okay. And she had no idea. And I was like, it's not a movie you really have to pay attention to. No, no, it's terrible. So, like, she watched the, the thing and she's like, we have to watch, like, the regular movie now. I'm like, yeah. Um, did, I, did, I don't know if he showed you, but um, uh, Mr. Perry Caravello, Scary Perry, mm-hmm. uh, crept back on Manfro's uh, Instagram, like, two years and liked the picture of Sam. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. Like literally, I was like, it must have been like we were dating for like one or two years, and I was like, it was like a woman crush Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Put a picture of Sam up, and she could kind of see some cleavage. Oh, he didn't like any of my pictures. Just that, just that picture. I, and I was, as soon as I, I bet you them. we could get Perry to become part of the group if you like show him a picture of Sam's tits. Oh yeah, probably. Will you? <laughs> to get him to be part of the group? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Wait. So let me ask you uh, a follow up from a few weeks ago. Um, you had some apprehension about Sam going away. Yeah, no, it was fine. Everything went great. You were fine while she was gone? Fine. Did she have a good time? Yeah. Yeah? Were you worried at all while she was gone? Well, her friend found out that she's losing her job in November. Wait, the friend that she went with? Yeah. The job she just got? Yeah. Why is she losing her job? Because they're shutting down the whole branch. <sighs> oh, that sucks. And I know she, that company, she, too. She found out, uh, she found out, like, And she left her job the, for this job. Yeah, for the, like, halfway through the trip. So it kind of put a damper on things, but they still made the most of it. But like, she's had a really like, shitty run, hasn't I she? I was like, you know, they're letting her know that she's leaving in November. I was like, I would fucking die to know when I'm getting laid off from any of my jobs. It's it could like, be any time. I'll be working my balls off down in the tunnels, and like, they'll be like, Friday comes, you have no idea, and they'll be like, Hey, sorry, we're we're letting you go. Okay, and then you just go, and like some guys take it really bad. Some guys, I'm like, sure, I'm How sure. How the fuck could you do this? And they start like they blame everybody else. They blame the foremans and shit. I realized that if you do that, you burn bridges. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And no one wants to ever rehire you again. If you just fucking hang out, and they, we got shaping and stuff, and you never. But but to, so to she's find get, out that you're getting laid off. It gives you plenty of time to prepare to get a new job, uh, to find a new job. I mean, it does suck because she left one job for this one and was looking probably to grow with this company. Yeah, and I've I've actually know where she works and like they they're a pretty big company but i guess probably something that's easier to source now they there are companies like that where in the last year they're like we don't really need this building we don't need this office a lot of that should happen because of the pandemic when uh, all the city space like all the skyscrapers they were making everybody work from home and then they were like seeing their efficiency ratings like well we don't need these well dude look at look at how much they fucking cost like to rent out like huge fucking well you know what's going to end up being is uh what i think is going to happen with a lot of those because companies are still going to have to have company meetings and they will want to do it in person so those what those renters will do a lot of them might default on things you know what i mean but they'll be able to rent out the space for a day for a higher price and be like you can use this conference room this building you could use this for a week there could be a week project that some of them have to do where they rent it out and they just uptick it they double whatever the rent was and for a week you know that guy Gary V I think I fucking is? hate him but yeah, yes yeah. I know who he is so my fr- my friend's girlfriend works for that for him okay his company and they have like Ben and Jerry's Fridays and all this kind of crazy shit but uh I guess he had like a meeting with everybody and he's like we're doing good and he's like we're swinging dicks he's like look at all these fucking buildings that are around us and they're fucking unoccupied yeah and he's like now the fucking people who were renting them out they're like charging them half because they can't get people are just like fine we're gonna go work from home like, yeah yeah, yeah. Our, and he's like we're swinging dicks motherfucker like we're fucking still we're still in here we're still personable and like all this shit. i mean he, he calls in wfn a lot yeah gary yeah. well he he fucked up the sports cards yeah he <laughs> he fl- he fucked up uh nba top shot He's the one that flooded that. Yeah, uh, he might have been the guy behind all of it. To oh, be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he listen. But the thing that bothers me with him, there's a couple things. You know Gary V. Josh. Yeah. So I hate all these people that post like memes or quotes of his, and they're like they're acting like it means something to them, and they're most always people that 
go from job to job every year or so, and they're always like looking for fucking money. I hate them. I hate people that post inspirational memes. Inspirational memes are the like the bane of my existence. I used to do depressing memes. But yeah, those really are depressed. fine. I don't like the. I go on Reddit and like look at all these emo bands like the MD Affliction and Bring Me the Horizon. They put their lyrics up. Yeah, yeah. Be like fuck you. And I'm I also like, hate like when it's a meme. It's like Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street, and it's a quote that isn't from him at all. Yeah. And like they're like, yeah, this guy, and like, I like the, the picture of David Spade, and it's like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, what was it? The one of Abraham Lincoln. It's like ninety uh, percent of what you read on the internet isn't true. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so when I look at Gary V, he's he's very good at what he does. But he's just like with a typical like obnoxious Jets fan. Like he's talking about like maybe he'll buy the Jets one day. He's like, bro, you're worth hundred and twenty million. <laughs> you could you could barely buy a PSL. Like, <laughs> like come you can't on. Even buy a fucking NFT. I actually so I have a stand like um this isn't even a hot take. I believe this is an, um a fact, and I think this is a cause people should get behind. Okay, so we know you don't single like single moms. Single moms, I get behind them all right. Um, we know it's just like in uh, Kingpin, Bill Murray, when he's doing the commercial with the mom and he just rips her underwear up. Yeah. Um, so you don't like reading. We know that. You like reading, right? I like reading a book. I'm a visual learner. Um, I, I, things process differently and I read them. I need people to stop telling me they read a book when they listen to an audio book. <laughs> Listening to a book is not reading. Mm-hmm. Did, you ever, did you ever read physical graffiti? Did you ever read Black Sabbath? Like, no, you listen to it, right? You didn't read. You listen to it. And, and listen, I'm not saying that that's like you didn't take in the same information, but the process of reading literally did not happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we have a friend that does a lot of audio books. Um, let's say it's Greg. Greg does a lot of audiobooks. He's like, oh, I'm reading this one. I was like, no, you're not. Like, you're listening to it. He's like, yeah, but, you know, reading is a little bit harder. I get a headache. And I'm like, you didn't read. I will die on this hill that we need to normalize saying I listened to that book. Audiobooks aren't like a new thing, but they're more popular because of the, the smartphone boom and things like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was going to elaborate on why I called you guys nerds the other day. Yeah, why? <laughs> so, I was thinking about this. Okay, I don't even remember you calling me that, but you call me a lot of things. So, we were talking about DC and Marvel. And yes, shit. yes, yes. And I was like, you guys are such fucking nerds. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. See, there's certain things that I do, and I watch a lot of movies, I, I listen to a lot of music, and I do a lot of stuff, but like I don't go with like any kind of pre-notions about it. Yeah, the and purism like, we, kind we, of thing. We talked yeah. about Guy Ritchie movies. Uh-huh. I love Guy Ritchie movies. Sure. When I first saw Snatch, I didn't even know that Lock- Snatch is fucking incredible. I didn't even know that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was incredible a Guy Ritchie movie. Because like, I, re- I don't really think about the producers of sure. movies. Mm-hmm. You guys watch movies and listen to albums. And get hype for directors and, like, and you producers. Guys, you guys get hype for the directors yeah. and stuff. And like the new Justice League movie and Zack sure, Snyder sure. and the Zombie of the Deads and all that shit. Zombie of the Deads. But, like, <laughs> I'm making that movie. <laughs> but like, it's fucking... I don't know any of these directors, and I don't give a shit. When I watch a movie, I come in so fresh. I have no pre-notions about it. I, I wish I could do that. I, I like. I think that you guys should just dumb it down a little bit. I think with certain things, I absolutely, I, I will dumb it down. And like some of the, my favorite movies for the last few years of directors, I knew nothing about. Like, um, so I'm. Uh my thing with movies is well, that... Well, your music. I could go and buy your music. Yeah. You're fucking Kanye West. Get suck my dick. I just I listen to a bit of everything, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm an appreciator of the creation of music. Yeah. And I, the stuff that I like to listen to is stuff that I think that someone else put a lot of thought into making. And that's why I like 808s. It's because yeah, it, it was like really kind of like... Cuddy like and like, like he Like he had said earlier, you know, you wouldn't get people like Drake, who, yeah, I listen to Drake, but I listen to it because, like... 
I don't listen to all of it. Because you're down. I listen you're to hip. like I listen to his R and B stuff. I don't like his rapping. Like I like R. Kelly's R and B stuff. Every fucking Drake lyric is like about like something's like it goes up, it goes down, elevator. Those are all his lyrics. Those are all his lyrics. Take a perk, take a Xanax. You know, but like eight oh eight specifically, it was this thing that really was the first of its kind. You know, he was using different type of instrumentals than anybody sure, was using sure. at the time. You know, he, the the auto tuning I think is because he wanted it to be a Kanye album. There's some features on there, but he he knows that he doesn't have the best singing voice, so he auto tuned himself. Yeah, and I, and I can appreciate the ingenuity to that, and there, there's real ambition to that, which I respect. So. What you're, what you're saying about this like preconceived notion you could have coming into something. Um, it, what I when I'm watching a movie, like one of the biggest things for me is actually how it's made and like the specific cinematography and the shots and the way you're zooming things in and out and fading in and out and the meaning of it and when you're placing things. And a oh, movie. I watched King Arthur the other day. <laughs> <sighs> Stuff like he's talking about is like that's why he watches so many movies. Yeah. I don't like I love that stuff and I'll appreciate it and I'll point out where I notice it, you know, being very well done. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not like the kind of movies I watch. You know, like I've fucking seen every Fast and Furious movie. I've watched Endgame. <laughs> Did you watch Fast fucking, Nine yet? No, nah, not yet. I'm gonna watch well, it just so where, I can say I watched it before you. <laughs> that's where I'm kinda like a hypocrite because like I I, you're, you're, I can't take the Fast Five movies. Like I, I, I love to go is. to a movie and just like be fucking blown away by the like the visual of what I'm looking at. So, like I get it that it's outrageous. I get it's the stupidest thing in the world. But the the visual of seeing Vin Diesel drive a car off of a fucking ramp into the back of a plane that fucking therefore explodes. It's cinematic I'm pop like, and circumstance. This is so fucking stupid, but it's crazy to look at. <laughs> so like what what you were saying about like how I was and I was saying about like the the way it's made. So I saw Green Knight last week, which is a twenty four flick, and it's. It's not a movie I would call fast-paced by any means. It's like kind of like a character study, but the way it was made, like visually and the, the music is part of it, I was like completely enthralled. Like some, some couple of this was a little slow for me. I was like, for start to finish for me, just how it was made and how I felt like I was part of it and the music was like kind of fucking with my senses entirely. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about like, I go through things like, would I like this more high? Because I really liked it, and I'm sitting there, would I like it high? But holy shit, if I watched this when I was tripping, I'd freak the fuck out. And so when I, like, the, with these certain directors, like, and there's directors that I like that all of a sudden they hit this wall, and their movies become very predictable. And for someone like me that's looking at, like, you know, like when a band that was good all of a sudden gets into the same formula of every song has the same structure, and the breakdown. Generic. generic. That's, that's a lot of Taylor's music. No <laughs> offense. So listen, and, and, and I think with music, and even with movies, that's an okay formula sometimes because you know it works for you and what it makes you feel but for me when I look at someone like who is one of the most ambitious directors of all time in our lifetime is Tim Burton mm -hmm. and you look at what Tim Burton when he first came on the scene like, he put nipples on uh, Batman he, no that wasn't him that was Joel Schumacher in Batman Returns <laughs> um, uh, sorry. So, so when I think Batman about forever. think about oh, ba sorry Batman Forever not Batman Returns you're right um, but Joel Schumacher was the, yeah. the gay director um, so when you think <laughs> about it when you think about Beetlejuice yeah. wildly ambitious movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure Adventure, wildly ambitious. Edward Scissorhands, Batman, uh, Batman, Batman Returns, Edward, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, and then Corpse's Bride. It's a good animated movie. Sweeney he was Todd. the visionary behind. I hate Sweeney Todd. He was I like the, Sweeney Todd. I hate musicals, so I had no shot at Sweeney Todd. Um, and then he was the visionary, not the director, which is a massive misconception of Nightmare Before Christmas, but yeah. it was his idea. And these really cool movies that are, they look cool and they feel cool and it's quirky. And then he does Planet of the Apes. Yeah. 
right? Ooh. The Planet of the Apes with Mark, Mark, with Marky Mark and sick. Hey, no, shut up. And Mikey, Michael Clark Duncan. Tim Roth was good in that. Uh, rolling back just a second, people don't realize how little to do he actually had with Nightmare Before Christmas. He had very he created little. the characters. I hate that people say it's his. I yeah. hate that. And, but then you look at and when you look at his other movies that came out. I think his last one that actually had ambition to it was Big Fish, hmm. and I didn't love it. But it's a good movie. Uh, I like cried uh, during that movie. It's a good movie. Like and, but, and it, and it, but then you look at every one of his movies since then. It's it's always Johnny Depp. It's yeah. always this Helena Bottom Carter. I know he's married to her, but and she's a great actress. From Hell. From, from Hell wasn't him. That okay. wasn't Tim Burton. But it, got, <laughs> it gets mixed up because of Sleepy Hollow, and it's yeah, along yeah, the yeah. same lines. Sleepy Hollow is but sick. every Tim Burton movie looks the same now, and it, it's always the same. The music, it's always Danny Elfman, and it's this tired formula. And I love Tarantino, but he can fall into that trap sometimes, too. Like, when I think about Death Proof, it was so Tarantino. And when you think about Hateful Eight, not bad. It was so heavy on the Tarantino side of things, which is why I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was so cool because it had the Tarantino flavor to it, but it held back until the very end. It was just this little bit of tension, and then all of a sudden it was there. Yeah. And that's my when I'm talking about like directors, I get these pre- and I could be pleasantly surprised. You know, I'm not a Zack Snyder fan, and I went into Army of the Dead thinking I was I was going to be bothered by it. I wasn't happy with the trailers, and I ended up liking it. So there's these exceptions to it. I wasn't like super hyped for Suicide Squad, the new one. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I was shocked at Did how you much watch I like. No, oh, dude, it you, was you great. Gotta watch it it was in the first one. Dude, it's not. It's a night and day difference. This is. The, I would say this is my favorite of the DCEU movies oh, by a wide yeah. margin. My, my problem with watching movies is a lot. Like at times, I can't, like I can't just sit and watch a Star Wars movie because Sam's never seen Star Wars. You can't. Well. I don't think you need... There's nothing you really need to know. No. You yeah, can like, sit and watch Can I watch, watch Suicide Squad, the first one with Sam, and then watch the second one? They, they have, don't have to. They, they have you nothing to do with each other. Nothing. Oh, yeah. This is a complete reboot. Because they, don't the fir- even, they don't even reference the first one. Yeah. Not once. It's a, it's I a, wish we, Will Smith was still in it, though. He wasn't bad in the first one. Like I still that, haven't seen the first one. So. It, it, I still think you should watch it just to see, because especially now that you... Dude, I was laughing my ass off at this new one. It was so outrageous. It was over the it's top. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy well, director. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to like the Shazam movie. Shazam was actually pretty good. Shazam was awesome. I really, I went in with shit expectations that, and I ended up liking it. Well, like, the thing is, is, like, now everybody's, like, I kind of, not, like, ripping, but, like, Deadpool was, like, a perfect superhero movie. Deadpool was great. R-rated film. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's a blueprint right there. And, like, I feel like Shazam... Don't take yourself too seriously. Shazam was, like, kind of like that, but different. Because, like... It was a little more family-friendly. Nothing about this takes it seriously. No, (laughs) dude, 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 literally. John Cena's great in it. Every time I see John Cena in a movie now, I appreciate him a little bit more because he is such... It's like Batista for me because, like, I did not... He is so purely talented at just everything he does. His comedic timing. And I didn't think he had that, like, the the right level until I saw Trainwreck, and he was funny as shit. I'll be the closest match on Grindr. (laughs) (laughs) Until you saw him in fucking the Marine, dude. Yeah, that was a that, that was, was a misstep. Who was the bad guy? Robert Patrick. Uh, he was a T one thousand in yeah, Terminator yeah, 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 Two. Yeah. There's he's a part in that, that movie man. where he's cha- John Cena's chasing him down in the Marine and Robert Patrick, and the guy driving is like, "This guy's like the Terminator," and they even show Robert Patrick look in the mirror like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, dude. dude, Suicide Squad, I had so much fun with it. Uh, Stallone as the shark was making me cry. Weasel might be my new favorite character in anything ever. <laughs> Stallone, Idris, it, in it? Stallone did the voice of shark, yeah. 
Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was Stallone. Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I know, you've, we, we've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was, I, I, for the first time, I did not hate Harley Quinn. Yeah. I thought she was great. That The scene when she unlocks the thing, she did herself, apparently, yeah. in one take, mm-hmm. which is pretty unbelievable. Because Birds of Prey wasn't terrible. It was just so heavy-handed. Yeah. It, that's my big issue with some of these. Like, the thing I really liked about Suicide Squad and I love about Guardians of the Galaxy and why Thor Ragnarok was so good compared to the first two was they didn't take themselves too seriously. It's loose and it's fun and you could tell the cast had fun making it. And you're getting Idris Elba and Viola Davis who was fucking unbelievable. Like she was the best part of her. Actually, I thought Will Smith was pretty good in the first Suicide Squad. I thought him and the woman that like organized it that played Amanda Waller, the yeah. black woman, Viola Davis, she's a great actress. She was in that one with Jamie Foxx is the Detective and Spartacus is like killing everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. That um, was sweet that, movie. That, that wasn't bad. I watched that. That wasn't bad. I'm trying to think if I watch it. I, so while we were down in um, Turks, uh, like when we were in the hotel at night, um, put something on on Netflix and it was like other guys. I put on great. The one day we were like getting ready to go out to dinner, like between swimming, and I put Twister on, and <laughs> she was getting so fucking mad at me because I was quoting it like verbatim to her. I, I texted Taylor and told him he's like, uh, Taylor, like, uh, uh, I was just wondering if you guys are wrap this up or you want to catch your next Twister. And I took a video of me saying it to her. She's like, Shut up! <laughs> the whole fucking movie. I I I love. I watched Clerks and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Don't watch a new and Jay and Silent Bob. And Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy uh, might be my number two of the VSQ movies. Like the more I've, I've thought about it, yeah, no, it might be Clerks. Dogma's awesome. Dogma's great. Like to me, the the worst one was newest Jay and Silent Bob. It just doesn't have the same kind of like punch to it. Even uh, Clerks two was fucking. Funny. Clerks two was unbelievable. That's when I went into it was like, there's no way this is gonna work. The trailers I didn't think looked great for it, and it didn't try to recreate what Clerks one did. Clerks one was a dialogue comedy, right? It's yeah, all the yeah, com- yeah. and Clerks two had that too, but it was such a visual kind of thing, like fucking a donkey. Yeah. Like when I'm sorry, Jesus, and he's jerking <laughs> off. Um, the Lord of the Rings, like he's making, he made the kid throw up. Oh my god. He goes right at the end. He, he fucking bricks in Frodo's mouth. <laughs> and I, I was reading the interview, with, uh, an interview with him a while back. He's like, that was hard for me to do because I'm actually a huge Star Wars fan and not Lord of the Rings, which we're getting the Lord of the Rings series in a year. Yeah. Um, oh, gonna make a new one? Amazon Prime is doing a series. Ooh. Um, It's the most expensive series ever made. The first season cost $450 million. That's it? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to take That's place. fucking Steph Curry money. It's going to take place a thousand years before the event of the movie so you're gonna get to see the formation of the ring and that kind of stuff I think prequels prequels drive me nuts because I want to know what happens after the fucking movie I'm actually very interested in that kind of thing too but I don't think that's ever really been like touched upon has it like he well, probably I mean, he has so you, much shit in that middle earth like, I mean, he, 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 he saved the world so. there is uh there is some some text of uh what happens after but it's like down the lines like like Aragorn's like yeah. grandkids and shit you know, all, all the hobbits are obviously gone by the time that uh, of the time period that he wrote. Uh, but that's the only work I think that he has of after Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but, but like, the before stuff is like crazy. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Good, a good producer could take Skyrim, right, and make that into a fucking they, awesome series. They absolutely could. They I, have enough. The content. There's enough content in that game. You yeah. could make a series, a movie. You could make a trilogy. You could do whatever. Yeah, you want. I actually and agree then, with that. Then you could go fast forward into time and do a Fallout. With some references they, they, back to They're Skyrim. making... I think they're like in pre-production on the Fallout. So I think Prime is doing it. Yeah. Fallout. I'm pretty, oh, really? I'm about 90% sure that there is a Fallout series in the because, works. Like, Let's see. Think about us, right? We're fucking like... We, we play video games and stuff. If there's like a game that you like and there's references in a show, 
You're gonna you're gonna like it no matter what. Yeah. So like, yeah, Amazon's doing a Fallout series. If they did like a Skyrim and like the guys like walking towards like a blacksmith and the guys like gods be praised when you walk by him like something stupid like that, would just like I'm, okay. I'm totally fanboy out for something. If like you, that. there's one video game you could have made into a movie, let's just stick on movie right now. Yeah. What game is it? Halo. Josh. Metal Gear Solid. For me, it's uh, gold. It's Golden Eye. <laughs> no, 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 but seriously, um, wh- what did you say again? Metal Gear Solid. Uh, even though I would, n- even though they are, they've been actively developing one for like ten years. Same thing with Halo. You know, I probably if won't Kurt watch Russell's, the movie if Kurt Russell's not fucking Snake Plissken. Um. Well, so no, honestly, for me, it's Shadows of the Empire, Star Wars, on okay, N64 yeah. with Dash yeah, Rendar. Dash Rendar was they shit. they were trying to make that forever, and I do think I I, I know it's like not technically canon, Chris but it's Pratt. loosely there. Yeah. Chris Pratt as Dash Rendar, he could probably pull it off. Dude, Tomorrow Chris, War was sweet. I still have to watch that because yeah, I've heard awesome things about it. Um, but you were talking. That's about, something you gotta go in. No, no, dude. Listen, I'm going in like I'm like. Listen, people I trust have said it's good. I know nothing about it. I've heard it compared a little bit to like Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, which I fucking. I, I would say it's like a mix between like Alien vs Predator kind of. Don't say that. That's not gonna make me want to watch it. Like at the end. <laughs> no one ever said it's like Alien vs Predator is a good thing. But like I don't know, that's a good movie. Like Honestly, it's not terrible. No, 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 it's no, not. no, 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 no. What's the uh, what's the new one that they made? That's not you don't you don't know it's directly Prometheus. Correlated. Yes, it's kind of like that. Oh, but like there's parts of it that's kind of like that. But like the the storyline and shit, it's very like it's very original. But Jared told me he loved it too, and me and Jared are like almost like neck line line in line with movies. Yeah. So I trust his opinion too, and I like Pratt. Pratt is one of those guys though where I'm getting like this weird. I, I'm in a very weird Ryan Reynolds territory where I'm kind of just like over him because yeah, that that new movie, it's like it looks like but, every so, one of his characters. But he plays Ryan Reynolds in every movie, and he's funny, he's charming. And I like, loved it because Waiting's one of my favorite. Waiting movies is of all fucking time. I great. That. You know, actually, uh, I have zero expectations for his current movie that's out, but it's getting really good. Free reviews. guy. I've heard nothing but great things about it yeah. thus far. So is that like a free to DVD or, or I don't, HBO? I don't, uh, I don't know if it's a streaming one. Really that's changing pretty soon. There's like a sorry, Scarlet Joe. You're well, out. not just her. Emma Stone's about to sue because of Cruella because she lost a ton of money. Um, it, it, that w- I've said, I was saying to you a while ago, there's no way. And I said, actors, directors are going to push this. And I think AMC theaters and Warner Brothers just reached an agreement that 45 day window, then it goes to streaming 45 days in the theater. Then it goes to streaming. Well, if Americans want to be fucking lazy. Just let them be fucking lazy. But this was the shit of the future. When we were talking about when we were kids, like imagine if you didn't have to go to the movie theater, you just watch it on TV. And that's where pay-per-view was kind of popular. Yeah, but they didn't come right to pay-per-view the second it came out. No, no, no. But like you only, you only had for for a for a bad movie, you only had to wait like two or three months. Yeah, of course, for and that's still, that movie, is still the case. And, and yeah. for a good movie, you had to wait six to eight months. And sometimes yeah. like Titanic had well, like a second shit running. And that's that definitely has changed with big movies. They were available like I think Endgame was available to buy on Blu-ray and digital like, like three Rider, months after. Ghost yeah. Rider two went straight to DVD and that movie's sick. No, that was in the theater. Ghost Rider 2, I'm pretty no, sure. No, Josh saw it in the theater. No, I didn't. No, but <laughs> right, right to DVD. Let's sure? look it up. I'm going to tell right you DVD. right now. But it technically wasn't even Ghost Rider two. It was a. It wasn't a sequel. It was a complete like reboot. I'm dead, Josh. It was a reboot. I watched yeah. it. It's not a sequel. No? It's not. No, it's literally a it reboot. To DVD. Spirit of Vengeance. Let's see. Um, let's see. It is a standalone to the 2007 film Ghost Rider. Um, it. Let's see. Re- re- released. Okay. No, no, it was uh, in the theaters. No. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> it grossed $132 million in the box office on a budget of $75 million. So, so th- what happened for you 
was you completely missed all the commercials for no. it, and then it came out on DVD. My dad's, <laughs> my dad's favorite movie, one of my his all-time favorite movies. My dad likes Goodfellas and The Godfather. Of course, yeah, yeah. He likes old shit. He doesn't really like a lot of the new like shit. Once Upon a Time in America. He's like, the original Rollerball is one of the best movies. The original ever. Rollerball is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's and fucking, like, he's the, like, the remake is horrible. When The Longest Yard came out, like Adam the Sandler, remake, yeah, like, yeah. you gotta watch the one with Burt Reynolds. He's like, Ray Nitschke's in it. It's fucking awesome, Mikey. It's about, like, my dad loved... Ghost Rider. He's like, you see the fucking pipes of that bike? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't really understand. He's How like, did... it's a Harley, Mikey. And then the pipes get extended and it fucking gets the flames on his head. So he loved the movie? He loves it. So how did he feel about like Sons of Anarchy? He hated it. I had a he feel... watched it. He watched like the first couple episodes and he's like, He's like, I roll with a biker gang. He's like, I, my, like a majority of his adult He's like, life, this is bullshit. It's a soap opera. What, this isn't what being in a biker gang is all about. Like, yeah, there's shit that happens, but you're not always going out looking to kill people and stuff like that. Well, they that. tried to make Sopranos in a bi- bike gang. And he's like, the, the you want to do a documentary on bikers or something like that and pay homage to them? Show them partying the whole time. Show That's kind of what they did. And, um, so we're getting, um, we're not getting GTA 6 anytime soon. That's like six, seven years away. We're getting a, uh, the, the Bethesda game. The remastering. Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas oh. with the engine that Grand Theft Auto 5 is on. Oh, that's cool. I'm so down. Uh, actually, wanna... it's not. Oh. Uh, okay, so it, what they're doing is they're taking the games... Uh, and they're putting it in the Unreal Engine. Oh, fine. So fine. the uh, GTA Five is built on something called the Rage Engine, okay. which they developed. Okay, so it's uh, the same principle. What they wanted to do is they wanted to keep the gameplay authentic to what it was. Okay. So the gameplay is not so, going to change, but the uh, graphics are going to be today. It's going to be graphics. what? Uh, what's the the cheat code for <laughs> the old cheat codes? L one R two. Yeah, yeah, L1, for unlimited L1, weapons. L one L one R two L one left down, down right, up, right up. up left down right up. Yeah. L one R no. L1, R1, R2. I like L1, the one that made all the cars fall. Right yeah. <laughs> they blow up. Or the one where you could have the sharp turns and you could click the analog stick and then you jump. I, the pedestrian riot cheat. My, <laughs> Everybody just starts oh, fucking beating each I, other. I made of emergency. <laughs> great game. I made the mistake with that cheat code of saving my game and turning off the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So it was constantly stuck in the riot mode. So literally, I'm just going down the streets and it's like the purge all the time. Yeah. Dude, the fucking... How, so when, What's your favorite Grand Theft Auto? Three was my favorite. Well, when it came out, that was like the there game was changer. Like it. it changed games for us. Are we talking classic ones or just your favorite one? Like your favorite gaming experience—the first time you played it, where you were like, and yeah, maybe right. you went back and played it the most too. Uh, San Andreas, my least favorite. Really? Yeah, I didn't like adding in the you had to sleep, you had to eat, you had to work out. That those elements don't. I like. I little, just cheat coded around those. See, well, I was not run you, if you just ran a lot. Yeah, your guy was fit. Um. To me, it's still Vice City. Vice City, Vice to me, City is like the, the soundtrack. The, it was Scarface. So, like, when you Going say remake d- it, I want to fucking hit the jump. Like, oh, yeah, by the club, by the uh, over the bridge, like by the bridge, by right? The bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right that goes right. I want to hit that, and I want to go slow motion over it. Anyone that tells you that they didn't, in Vice City, take the minigun and walk into the club and just gun everyone yeah. down yeah. is a liar. <laughs> is a liar. I'm super, super pumped for that. It's um, close, too. It's supposed to come out in the fall from what I, what we, I read. So they've yeah. been busting ass on this for a while. Yeah. I know a lot of people are pissed off, like, we'd rather GTA 6. And I was like, of course, I would rather GTA 6. Mm-hmm. But... I would. I want to go back and play these. Maybe I'll have a bigger appreciation. A long for layoff is better in a lot buy, of cases. Buy, like, uh, it, uh, like Cyberpunk. Was, hey, <laughs> buy stock and take two now. And then when it fucking that game comes up, sell it. 
That's not, not a, a bad idea. idea. That's not I, a like, terrible I, I, idea. That, the, the, I did that the with Red Dead between, Redemption 2, and I fucking made it. And it was a perfect game. It Red Dead and Red Dead game. Redemption 2, I think it was like an eight-year gap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw it. I think you'd be into this, man. For There's a new documentary on Netflix about the malice at the palace. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I heard it's incredible. Barstool did a whole fucking thing Brother, on this it. This is my favorite basketball Dude, player. Uh, it's yeah. meta world piece. Yeah, I think it's called Malice at the Palace, and it's them watching it and talking about it and everything. Yeah, when that happened, that was the most badass thing with Jermaine O'Neal fucking decks that guy right I think the there's a line. Oh. I saw like a clip. I think it was Jermaine O'Neal talking about it. I was like, you know, we're sitting there fighting, and they're all calling us thugs. But you watch hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that like, game was a turning point for the NBA. Yeah, everything changed after that. It was never, the same, it was never the same. No, it's better than ever now. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> oh. the game isn't the same. Uh, did someone posted a clip, um, a screenshot from the 04 NBA playoffs between uh, the Pistons, the Pistons, and the Pacers. Thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter. The score was sixty-nine to fifty-nine. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Think, imagine a game not breaking a hundred now. Yeah, <laughs> but not breaking two hundred between two teams. Like I don't know how the NBA survives, honestly, because like it's, it's very it's all easy. about like the fucking stack teams, and then there's everybody else. Is but there like, are so many dogs. stack teams now. It's, it's not, not just like, like one. You know, like yeah. ten years ago, there were like three stack teams. Now you've got like fucking at least five. Teams are we not acting conference. like Kobe had Shaq? Yeah, like, right? like, come on! No, like, but like, he didn't like what what the Lakers are doing and what the Nets did. Or the Lakers, dude, it was the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq. Dude, that's no. what I'm saying though. Like, like people single out those two teams, but there's five stacked teams at least in each conference. I saw, I forgot who it was said something about um, when they were doing like it was a legendary player who was doing their top ten rankings, and he said um, he had Kareem and Magic on there, but not LeBron. He said, well, LeBron always needed superstars. Like, yo, Magic played with the fucking Kareem. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Yeah. It's I do get what you're saying because it does feel. Like mercenaries often, which gives me a, an appreciation that Kevin Durant already signed an extension. He's like going to end his career with Brooklyn, most likely. Which yeah, good, you can lose there. Yeah, I mean, and he'll still do more winning than the Knicks have in your lifetime. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what winning have they done in your lifetime? No. <laughs> Latrell Sprewell took him to the finals, bro. Yeah, and, and they lost one finals in your life. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> At least I got to see the Nets lose two finals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the NBA is always just, be the brother. So this is how the NBA yeah. survives. First off, it is wildly popular internationally, mm-hmm. and that's why you're getting people like Giannis that come over here from fucking Greece. Like, you know what I mean? And then you look at China and the market for it. It's ridiculous how popular basketball is there. It is significantly more popular internationally than the NFL yeah. is. Not even close. Oh, yeah. And that's why you get so many international stars that want to play here. Like, if you really look at it, if you go back to probably when the formation of the Dream Team, that's when... International these, basketball began to blow up. Because, yeah. like, these guys get their fucking asses whipped by these NBA stars in the Olympics, and they're like, yo, I want to play with these guys. Yeah, I mean, and then, like, in the 90s, you had Tony Kukoc come over, and he got shit on for it, which you would know if you watched the Last Dance documentary. I watched that episode. I watched the first two episodes. <laughs> he only watched the first two of the Last Dance. Dude, you got you to gotta watch that, I met, too. I met Sam's uncle for the first time, and he, he was hot? like... Yeah, he was, a, he was like a frat boy. He was like a party animal guy. <laughs> so he was and, hot. And he was like... You you see the last dance and I was like Dude. no he's like Dude, you it. do. It's it's so good. Like I, that, when I came I'm still out, still mad at Jordan for fucking torching the Knicks every time that he can fucking <laughs> run in the play. I don't. What's so one reason I also really appreciate Joe Beningo of Joe and Evan, who is back with Evan today know, and yeah, yeah. tomorrow. But the very last, I, I heard Joe say, "Bye, everybody." Um. <laughs> so he has never forgiven Jordan for what he did to the Knicks. He's like, I don't understand all these Knicks fans. It's like <laughs> he beat us every year. Like Ewing would have got a ring if it wasn't for Jordan. Who was it? Gary V's like, I'll never wear a pair of Jordans. I know, and like I. I respect that, but it, it also, I feel like 
there could be an appreciation as a Knicks fan because you're going to be reminded, like, I do hate this motherfucker, but God damn. And you get the... I- can't wait for Spike Lee to die because then we're going to... I hate champions. Spike Lee. I fucking hate Spike Lee. He's got a handful of good movies and the rest suck. He's another one. Every one of his movies is fucking predictable as shit. Yeah. Easily predictable. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. What? Judge took Lynn into the cornfield. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> what did he do to him? <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> um, so the last thing I had here before we wrap up is... Um, I sent Josh a trailer for this day. I don't know if you're into this. I know you don't love politics, but it's about something we kind of grew up with. Wow. Um, did you ever, did you watch the O.J. Simpson series, The People versus O.J. Simpson? Oh, with the guy from Friends in it? Yeah, yeah, where he played um, Kardashian. Did you watch that? With Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah. A little bit. And then... uh, it, it's Okay, it was great, but now they're doing one that's coming out soon. Clive Owen's in it. Edie Falco, who played Carmela Soprano, is in it. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Sarah Paulson. It is American Crime Story Impeachment, and it's about the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky stuff. Yeah. And it looks, I mean, the trailer for it looks wild. Clive Owen looks like he's playing a great Big Willie. Not Big Willie style, but Big Willie Cigar in the Pussy style. Yeah, no, nah, it's fucking stupid. Why is it stupid? It's, it's not necessarily politics. The Woodstock doc kind of went into like how that infected... All of culture. Well, it was you know you don't realize it when you're a little kid because you just you're so influenced by everything that's going on. But like, but don't you I remember never, that? Even I as never as got influenced by Limp Bizkit because I had three dollar bill, y'all, and I never bought the chocolate flavored Starship because I fucking <laughs> liked Slipknot, and I was like, I'm fucking so with Slipknot, I, I'm fucking with Corn, I'm fucking with System, I ain't fucking with Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit has two good albums. It's three dollar bill, y'all, which holds up, and Significant Other, Chocolate Starfish. I hated it even as a kid. Yeah. Because there's a song on there that is just how many times you could say fuck in the song. And there's no, like, creativity to it. There's a couple decent songs well, on like, it. Like, then you have Corn who was doing Twist. Yeah. Twist is like a fucking the Best Corn song. song is with Fred Durst, all in the family. Yeah. On Follow the Leader. Say what, say what. <laughs> My dick is bigger than yours. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, do, do you guys remember the weird thing about the Follow the Leader, the album? Like, the, the strange thing about it that I've never seen on an album before or since. What? Josh, do you remember what was weird about Follow the Leader? Uh, the 14 or so tracks of... Uh, Couple of seconds of dead air. It each. doesn't. It doesn't start until track like fourteen itself. Yeah. Like it's literally just silence. And then literally on the CD, it has the songs all around the side of it, and it says the first track is like fourteen, and then it's fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, all the songs. For some reason, yeah. I almost, well, the, the 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 beginning is the, the hopscotch. Yeah, and then it stops at. 13, right? That I guess that is what Something it is, yeah. That that is still my favorite corn album. Yeah. It's, it's that Life is Peachy self-titled. That um, was another one that I used to get at Columbia House, the fucking Oh yeah, uh, when I I told my I signed up with that to all my parents to get my 12 <laughs> CDs for 99 cents. Yeah, I had Static then, X, $3 bill, I had uh Source Hip Hop Hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my lineup was weird too cuz it was like the first Godsmack album. It was Marilyn Manson's Mechanical I had, Animals. Yeah, yeah. I had um, well, I didn't get Marilyn Manson. House of Pain's first out, the only real big house. I, then I got uh, Everlast, Whitey Ford Sings the Blues, um, was one of them. Um, Mine uh, was out there. What? Uh, so it was fucking... Spice uh, World? No, 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 no. It was uh, uh, Will Ennium. Of course it was. <laughs> um, Devil Without a Cause. 
I, that was one of mine too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I the blueprint. That. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, whatever album Cisco had with the thong song on. I it. had that one. <laughs> Unleash the dragon. Yeah. I had that. I got that one too. I had that. Uh, the Marshall oh. Mathers LP. Okay. Yep. yep. And uh, and Master of Puppets. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to. I also got um. I got, I I got back look. back in black by ACDC. I got Best of Ozzy Osbourne was one of them. And there were um, there's definitely one in there where I was like I thought it was so cool for having it. Hillbilly Deluxe. No, that was the first album I bought with my own money. I did like some kind of chores, and before it was Blockbuster, when it was still United Video, they used to sell CDs, and that was the first one I ever bought with my own money. I got the Battle of Los Angeles at United Video. Uh, that was one of my twelve that I got with um, the okay. Columbia Music House. The first uh, album, I, the first two albums I ever bought with my own money, my, I spent a weekend with my grandmother, uh, so she took me to the Wiz. And, Hell yeah. uh, Coconuts I, on forty six, <laughs> and I bought uh, fucking. Um, uh, a Cypress Hill album, whichever one had. Um, so you want to be a rock superstar? Whatever one had rock, rock that, that was a double it. album because there was one that was a rap album, one that was a rock yeah. album because it was rap superstar and rock superstar. Yes, oh, that, okay. that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bought that and I bought um, Stained Break the Cycle. I still would listen to Break the Cycle, certain songs. Yeah, some yeah. of the stuff is really good. That was Fred Durst's best work. <laughs> <laughs> Josh it, it tweets the other day, he's like, since when is Aaron Lewis doing country? I was like, for like 10 years, dude. dude he's like, right now, he's like a big MAGA star. Yeah, he has some um, anti-vaccine song, I think, out or yeah. whatever. Someone like posted like Kid Rock saying the F word, fabulous. Yeah, word, yeah, and yeah. they're like, oh, since when is he a bigot? I'm like, <laughs> dude, dude, I loved in the since fucking, when? I loved in the Woodstock documentary when he goes, <laughs> Kid Rock goes, Monica Lewinsky's a slut, uh, uh, big, uh, Bill Clinton is a pimp, y'all. Yeah. And it was like, imagine, like, he shows, like, that's just like everyone else, like, no interest in politics back then, and now he's like talking about running for Senate in Illinois. He's got a song on uh, Cocky yes. that's about him and Bill Clinton taking a private jet ride together <laughs> and the stuff they do to the flight Dude, attendants. I had his um, his Grit Sandwiches for Breakfast EP well, back Sean, in the day. Sean Avery, when he played for the Detroit Red Wings, that's when Eminem and Kid Rock were huge. And he yeah, went yeah. to a party and like Sean Avery was like, I met Kid Rock and I was like on his tour bus and, and then um, another player, a former player who was like really tough in his day challenge Sean Avery to a fight and Kid Rock he like called him off of Kid Rock's tour bus and Kid Rock's like you gonna go handle this shit and he's like yeah and he's like Kid Rock was with a whole bunch of black guys with guns and shit <laughs> and then he went outside then they brought out Joe C yeah and he said he was standing on like the front step and the guy was waiting for him outside the bus he's like I can't let this guy so he said he just punched down punched this guy who was like maybe 15 years older than him, knocked him out cold on the bus, and Kid Rock's like, yeah, we're going to drink to that, motherfucker! And they just, the bus closed the doors and just left down the other side of the property of Kid Rock's house, and they just started partying over there because the guy was knocked out on the fucking... That, um, and I, it's just like, that's wild shit that you would never... When you hear. think about the, like the late 90s, I just had this... Josh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I remember in sixth grade... We got re- kind of reprimanded because we went onto the chalkboard and we wrote "Rest in Peace, jo- Joe C." When he died, yeah. <laughs> I okay, I, I wasn't making that up. That actually happened. Yeah, yeah Joe C you died. In trouble. Yeah, like, we you'd weren't. Be, you'd be so woke right now. If you yeah, did that. like we were, we were respecting the little person. Yeah. Like, come on, but what, is, what was this? The one saying he's like, "I'm, I'm three bro. foot nine with a ten foot dick." Yeah, yeah that was. I'm a- the lady's pick. I'm three foot nine with a ten foot dick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Was- and the Woodstock talk they show Vern Troyer announcing Limp Biscuit, and he couldn't. Even even project his voice with the microphone. The one, the only, Lamp Biscuit. <laughs> and yeah, they just—they were supposed to be playing Asbury the other day. They played. Um, they're supposed to play Vern Stone Troy's Pony. Not gonna play Asbury. No, he's not playing anything. <laughs> uh, Limp Biscuit was playing uh, Stone Pony got on canceled. Friday. It got canceled because I guess the bass player so got people, COVID. So many like scene 
They opened. I know. Oh, they me were too. Like, Oh my God! Limp Bizkit got canceled. Who gives a fuck, dude? Like, listen, if you told me it was free, like when we were gonna go see Creed with Greg, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I yeah, might go. Dude. Like, if you told me Limp Bizkit was playing the West Melford Coffee House, I'd be there. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, Scott Stapp. I'll be going playing Super Smash Brothers upstairs. I love how like <laughs> Scott Stapp Creed was like a huge mainstream success, and like no one gave a fuck. No, about and even worse, Woodstock. Creed's playing, and they brought out the guitars from the Doors, and no one gave a no shit. No one even knew who the fuck. <laughs> they were was like, like, "Who are the Doors?" I like it when they were like, "Hey." Do you remember who did the Star Spangled Banner, the original Woodstock? And the kid's like, I don't fucking know. No clue. I'm here to see him biscuit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, he was actually I'm here for Jewel. Yeah. I, so, true story. Um, I Before the doc even came out, the landlord and I were talking about Jewel. And I was like, I know who she is. I've never heard a Jewel song. She's like, yes, you have. Then she played, like, her biggest hit. Dreams I ha- last for so I never, long. I never heard it. Even I, I'm sure. It's one of those things where, like, I'm sure I've heard it. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, process in my fucking head. I, I actually, I will, I will say as well. I have never actively listened to a Jewel song. Yeah, so like if you played, you wouldn't say that's Jewel. But I'll tell you, be able to tell you like who sings "Kiss Me." But yeah. like, Kiss but like Sarah me. McLaughlin and Jewel, they all kind of form into a well, ball of each so other. And Fiona Apple, the girl. I, kind fi- but see, Fiona, Al- yeah, Fiona her, Apple, her album was a sick. banger. Yeah. Uh, another thing I liked about Woodstock is I forgot how much I liked the first live album. Live's oh. first album is fucking with lightning crashes. Yeah. is unbelievable. Um, so I'll tell you a good story about Sarah. McLaughlin. So, <laughs> from the river side. so Sarah McLaughlin, I remember. So this was we were at a, a wedding of a. So this is so um, we were at a wedding of a friend from college uh, from the landlords, right? Yeah. Down there, um, landlord was like you know party too hard. She passed out in the room, and there was living hey, living room. Uh, no, her friends. Um, so <laughs> so I was hanging out with her friends. Um, uh, Lena was there. Bryce was there, and we're all hanging out in the room. We're fucked up, right? And they were like, "Oh, um, put out some music while I'm playing with the TV." So I, I this idea comes in my head. This light bulb goes off. So go to YouTube and I just pull up video. I just go. I went on there. I was like um, videos of dogs. So I put on the videos of dogs. I muted the TV, took the Bluetooth speaker, and started playing Sarah McLaughlin, oh, yeah. like the ASPCA commercials. <laughs> and like everyone's like laughing and talking, and they hear, "I will remember <laughs> you." And it's just like a dog's up close face, and Bryce was like. You fucked up, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, those commercials, everyone got depressed. With them. I remember I would like fall asleep with the TV on and that commercial would come on and I would wake up and just want to die because I don't want to see pictures of fucking dogs with their eyes popped out. Yeah. Just put the dogs down. <laughs> those ugly fuckers. At work, we had, we had a Bluetooth speaker and the I fucking, I, I literally downloaded porn so I could just blast. Like I could I've walk done away that from the, the Bluetooth speaker and just play like the, the gluckiest, like oh, the gluckiest, <laughs> goopy. We've been quoting a line of yours from uh, the uh, Greg's party. Uh, like me and Taylor, like nonstop. And you said something about, I went to the sink and I dumped the gas. Yeah. <laughs> That's been fucking killing me. Yeah. Dump the gotta, gas. Sometimes you gotta I'm, I'm going to dump the gas in Cooperstown at some point. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so are you excited for Cooperstown? Yeah, we're, we're going. Yeah, I think um, you're... You just got to let me know like a week before so I can take off. So work. you don't forget. It's a Friday. Well, you don't even need to take off because we're going to leave at like 4 or 5 o'clock. Oh, we're going to be back Sunday night? We're going to be back Saturday night. We're only going one night. And we're going to party during, party at night. And go to the Hall of Fame during the day, get dinner. You're not driving. Do whatever the fuck you want. We're back Saturday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a one-night trip. So uh, you'll be in my room. Um, okay. You're going to drive down. So I, I don't know if you saw the conversation about the driving situation. I, I did a little bit. Uh, and uh, that is funny because I was thinking of meeting here because I'm working. So I'm just going to come right from work and meet here. Okay. But 
I, you saw what I said. I because the driving situation is like we could realistically fit everyone in a car, but that's a long drive. Well, I was thinking that like so have Ralph meet here too. Okay, because then it's me, you, Manfro, Greg, and Bob. Okay, and Ralph. Did okay, I Ralph already. Yeah, and Ralph, Josh, Manfro, Greg, Bob, six yeah. people. Yeah, so and we can just divide up well, three people I, and, per car. I, and I knew you wanted to drive because yeah. you wanted to go on those free roads and rip through the fucking caddy. Um, and then, so we have two rooms, two queens, two couches in each. I'll bring an air mattress, and then we'll dump the gas. Hell yeah! What's the what's the nightlife scene over there? It's uh, the middle of nowhere, New York, but there is a brewery up there. There's a bunch of bars. They're probably like white trash bars. No, we got to go where like Mike Piazza's having a drink. I don't think there are any gay bars up there. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> no, it's not offensive because he's be like, gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be like when they find Vito at the bar. His <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. Mike Piazza <laughs> just has his old mustache and he's like. <laughs> the mustache ride. Christopher goes to Tony goes, you're never going to believe what he was wearing. He was dressed like a biker with the leather hat and chaps. <laughs> like the fucking village people. <laughs> well, that's like, that's like, that goes to show you like the days We're before. We're not getting head. The days <laughs> before get- camera phones, you could live an alter ego so much yeah, easier. Yeah, much easier. Nowadays, like I would never even like think about stepping out of like going to a bar to pick up a chick because all it takes is one camera. Or you could be like one of my close friends who tried doing that, (laughs) (laughs) who just had a really funny profile picture (laughs) with his hair. You saw, you know who I'm talking about. I was, I was away. Uh, No, I was, I think it was at the movies. It was when I was seeing Green Knight and Spooner texted me and he called him Karen A. (laughs) I was like, and he already died it back. I saw. So Yeah. yeah. It's like when I, I remember when I first got tattoos, I would be like, I'd put like, I'd try to sneak him into a picture. He does it every that, single one. I did that when I was 17, dude. He's, yeah. Like, I, yeah. and then like, you still do it and like, you try to do your bicep. And, like, it's just. Have like, you ever clicked on the comments on his pictures? No. no. Okay, do it because I don't know where these people are coming from, but like, some of them are attractive. Some of them are like 60 year old with no teeth and like, I would love to take you out or you could come live with me. Some of them are men. It's bizarre. Just later when you go home, go to it and just click through some of his profile pictures and read the comments. I gotta, I gotta add him. Okay, yeah, add him and read it. I'm telling you, it is comedic fucking gold, <laughs> and there is no irony lost on me, but it is lost on him, just like it has been for a long time. Yep. But all right, let's wrap this up. This is episode 152. You watch, I listen. Um, starting in a couple weeks, NFL. Yep. We're gonna, I think next next time we'll be doing uh, over unders on our teams, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll be doing uh, picks in a couple weeks, and we'll be going to a virtual format. So we, for have, that. Uh, we should do we should do something before the season starts. We're gonna we're gonna fuck? all pick. Uh, a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. All three of us, and they got to be different. So we're not drafting, though. And we got to see who does the best. Oh, Just, oh okay. okay. Like that. So we're going to compare stats. So how about we create a system? But and, and, like, if your guy gets hurt, you're fucked. It's not like fantasy. I know. I, I like this. So um, let's look at it this way. So the season starts on September 9th. So we yes. have one, two, three, four weeks from today the season starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dan had mentioned, we're going to go to a virtual format. We're going to be doing. I want to figure out if we could possibly do it like on YouTube Live. We can. Okay, let's do it like that. Uh, so we're going to do a weekly show, half hour show, maybe with uh, picks and with pre- just picks and, and maybe some, some breakdown kind of stuff. Half yeah. hour to forty five minutes. Uh, and we'll probably stream it on YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Uh, I've already looked in the options for that. Uh, but so if we're doing every two weeks, then the next time that we're going to record is the week ending in the twenty seventh. Uh, which I think might be a little bit too far out. Not for over-unders and stuff like that. I'm saying, but the week, we're, we'll literally do the show about the picks the week of the, the, the game. Yeah. The week of the, game, the Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. We'd have to record every episode or do every episode 
probably Wednesday, realistically. Yeah. Uh, because Thursday night games and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but I'll work on a little, like, I, I love that idea. Um, but I think we need to consider not just statistics, but, like, quarterback wins have to be part of the equation. Like, if, you know, you're wherever you rank in yards and touchdowns and this, this, and that. Well, I was thinking we could do three players that are, like, established, and we'll all do, a, like, a rookie, a rookie pick. Okay, so... Um, it could be three. So quarterback has to be one. Quarterback, receiver, running back, and then one rookie or and one of them. We'll, we'll choose a rookie. Okay, we'll all I like choose it. a rookie and whoever rookie like your rookie who has the start. best rookie year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. cool. I, like I like it. it. All right, guys. This is episode one fifty two. You watch, I listen. Manfred, thank you. Josh, thank you, and thank you to you. I got a shit. Yeah, Bye. Me too.